0: Great, <clears throat> so my MP paranormal. What is up, man? I'm yep. ready to do this with you guys. So uh, you guys have been on here before. Everybody else listening, watching, you know that Zach isn't on here. Um, again, Uncle Sam has Zach by the ass, so um, he's he's busy, can't be with us tonight, but he's here in spirit, which I think is appropriate given in this conversation is going to be about spirits. And um, yeah, just. Let you guys reintroduce yourself real quick, but if you haven't listened to the episode with these guys um, before, please do so. Um, it is episode number two, I want to say. It's called "The Dead Shell Walk" because that is your guys's motto. So, um, but yeah, man, Brian, you want to just tell everybody who you are real fast? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Air
1: Force veteran for about nine years. Um, prior security forces investigator. So, investigating's in my blood. Uh, recently separated, turned a professional recruiter and uh really interested in in hunting ghosts so here we are
2: and i'm I'm, uh dylan Farrell, so still active duty military for nine years now uh currently at old lackland air force base doing uh, basic training over there uh been doing paranormal investigation for gosh since like 2015 probably and Mm -hmm. uh just recently, Brian and I refired up MP Paranormal in, what was it, November? Yeah, last year. Yeah, November. And uh, yeah, we've had a bunch of interesting experiences, and we can't wait to share it with y'all.
0: Dude, I'm, I'm freaking ready. Because the last time you guys were on here, I was honestly blown away by the stuff I saw. Because I I have a healthy interest in the paranormal. I watch a lot of the paranormal shows on TV. And, you know, I I see like a lot of the evidence that you get on those TV shows, I feel like is not very good. And a lot of it's like, oh, man, what was that? It was a weird creaking noise down the hall. But like you guys have some real shit, like amazing EVPs, the scratches like Dylan seems like you get scratched every five minutes. So (laughs) I don't know if it's like, you know, you got sugar in your blood or something. Me and him were were joking earlier before we jumped
1: on here. We're like, why is it always mm-hmm. you? I don't. I, know.
2: I have no idea. I, I, the funny thing about like scratches and people are like, have so many different theories and philosophies. Or ideologies, I should say, in regarding like scratches and stuff. I really just think that mm-hmm. it's just spirits that just either want to lash out at you or want to make a make a point that they're unhappy with you. People will say that, oh, you've been you've been marked, and this evil energy is on you. And okay. I'm just like, bro, like he knows. Every time I get scratched, I'm like, I literally like lift my hands up. I'm just like, so what? What else? What like what do you what do you want from me? Is this a message? What? Uh, either scratch me again, do something more, or fuck you. Like pick one,
0: right. I feel like it's pretty straightforward. If you're getting scratched by a ghost, it doesn't like you. So, like, how can there be an ideology on getting scratched by ghosts? You know what I mean? Well, there's the whole biblical, like, Mark of the Beast
1: where uh, a Mark will show up mm. on your forehead or you're on your body somewhere. So it's like you're claimed by the devil, which is, mm. we don't believe that. We think that's totally bogus. We think that some spirits choose to communicate in a negative way and they try to uh, break your resolve and break your faith and try to scare you and get you out. Right that's literally yeah. what it
2: is. And there's so many people that have like this idea that that you know, and it's nothing against their their faith. I'm not attacking their faith or their positions or their beliefs. I'm just saying is that a lot of people have a lot of notions that if you have a high level of faith or if you surround yourselves with these like physical or uh psychic bubbles of energy and stuff that you're safe from attacks and stuff. I'm like my my idea is that if they want to lash out and get you, they're they're gonna and there's nothing that you yeah. can do to stop it because I've seen religious people get scratched. I've heard of priests being attacked. I've heard of, you know, people, all sorts of people that are like that still get attacked
0: for whatever right. reason. So do you guys just not even bother with any sort of like attempt at protection before or after investigations or? It like depends on the investigation. Like if it was
1: really uh sus, I guess you could say, and we feel like we're mm-hmm. dealing with an extremely, negative spirit you know um mm-hmm. you could just there's a vibe to it like hey we need we need to cleanse ourselves like that vibe will exist or it won't mm-hmm. but hey i think we're good to go home like it was fun you know what i mean and there's right. other nights where right. it's not fun and then we're like okay so we'll yeah we'll do a, a bit of a cleansing and say a prayer so to speak yeah because every so,
2: every every time we leave hill house like every single time like regardless of what night it was we always anoint ourselves with holy oil and then do the holy water and say um archangel michael's prayer of protection and cleansing and then we leave and then we once we leave the house we do uh palo santo and other um metaphysical uh, spiritual herbs and stuff like that to the, the little extra step but yeah something like hill house we don't we don't mess around with that cuz that's some serious right. stuff
0: to- so is that like like burning incense? Was just like I have like a Palo Santo like roller, it's, like stuff like that. It's,
1: it's something crazy, about uh, the the physical chemical property. So you you apply some kind of anointing oil or water, and then the smoke mm-hmm. dries it, so it solidifies the the mm-hmm. cleansing on you. That's the it's like bonding. The, the theology it. or the the thought behind it, or the magical aspects, or whatever you want to call it,
0: or the spiritual or religious. Yeah. So it seems to be the pretty uh common place you guys go is Hill House. What it what t- tell everybody again like, what Hill House is, why that's so special to you guys and what makes it so uh, ripe for investigation.
2: Uh well, um so just like all the other the podcast that we've been on, I can't talk too much about like the history or anything about the Hill house, because that's uh, something that I've uh, communicated with my, my friend that owns the Hill house, that that's part of the paid tour that you go on, which I respect her, her right to exclude that from public transmission. But uh, basically sure. the house was a um, old bordello in the, in the 1890s into the early 1900s. It's been sites of demonic uh, ritualism, black magic, um, death, gambling, prostitution the whole the whole nine yards and um Mm -hmm. what makes it ripe for paranormal activity is i think that it's one of those very specific locations that where the there are portals to the other side i think that there are are legitimate like gateways to the spirit world in that house and i think that there are multiple locations like that across the world and hill house is, is definitely one of them
0: so like the, the whole portal thing, that means like something is coming in and out of it, like at at, at will, basically. Yeah. Um Brian, what's there your multiple idea on, on
1: ways? There's multiple ways you can think about it. I'm not here to tell you which way is the right way. We haven't figured out the way portals work, right? But the math, the extra mm-hmm. dimensions exist definitely is there scientifically. Mm-hmm. Um perhaps you know one plane of existence kind of somewhat lines up with another and you see something that doesn't make any sense, but you know, it's physical and you know, it's real and then it fades mm-hmm. away. So yeah. In a Hill house, if you just stare at any, you know, you ask questions and you stare at any blank hallway, like you will see something. It's a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you're maybe not your first time or your second time, but like it's, it's you go enough times, so you will see something that you can't, nobody can take that away from you.
2: And there. There's been times that I've been in the house. Brian hasn't seen it yet, but I've seen it twice to where you'll see and hear. So you'll see like a bright white flash of light and it makes like a popping noise. Yeah. The first time that I ever saw it, um, me and my buddy were in the room called the Shadow Man room and uh, there was three of us in there. Uh, My buddy Dakota was in the the closet that they call the Shadow Man's closet that people have opened this closet door and seen this massive shadow figure standing in there. Uh, I personally Mm. opened it one time and I heard like a... (gasps) come out yeah. of it yeah i was like mm, let close that door real quick um but i was like dakota go go stand in that closet And me and my buddy ryan were laying on the bed he's like all right so he goes and stands in the closet and uh shadow man doesn't like to be called his by his earthly name which is uh charles so he's like he's mm. like oh, he's like messing with him, just you know seeing if anything will happen and we the the room is on the back side of the house so and all the windows have like blackout curtains on them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So we were laying on the bed and we just see, boom, this bright white flash of light that it was audible too; it made like a cracking noise. Mm-hmm. And we were super confused. And we like looked at each other and my buddy Dakota was like, what the hell was that? And then right as when he said that, another one happened. And we're like, dude, that's got to be headlights or something. But then when we were thinking about it, the position of the room to the road makes no Mm -hmm. sense for headlights to come through the window plus the blackout curtains. And then that's when we, that's when we had our first, one of few experiences with shadow man, this giant shadow just like crept into the room and stood up on the end of the bed. And he was like eight feet tall. And he was just like, it was
0: crazy. I wonder if that loud, like the crack in the white light is some like, it entering our plane or something like that could very well.
3: well
2: yeah, it could, yeah, it could very well be that. Um, but multiple people, like that's the interesting thing about this house is that, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't believe in the paranormal because it's not repeatable and you can't document it uh, multiple occasions. It seems to be mm-hmm. random, but you can document the same thing happening multiple times. Maybe not yourself, but multiple people report the same thing over and over and over. And I'm not the only one who has heard mm-hmm. and seen this crack and flash of light.
0: Yeah. There's been many people. Shadow people is something that I have zero experience with, thank God. And I've I've heard and read from other people and other sources that it's kind of one of those things where talking about it even opens you up to it. And I mean, have you guys seen any like credibility with that statement where if you're like kind of, you know, you're giving it energy by talking and discussing like shadow people that it is in a way sort of beckoning them to come around you? Um
1: it, de- it depends on what you believe. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, we seek to understand things. Uh, it doesn't mean we're venerating, you know, any kind of deities or spirits or earthly spirits. Um, we seek to understand what's really going on. So from that kind of perspective where you're trying to learn about what kind of spirits they could be or why they could be, um, I think that's arming yourself with knowledge and, mm-hmm. um, you're probably better off for that. Um, now, you know, reading demonological grimoires and, and, you know, performing rituals and things like that, that's where you start to be like, okay, well, now these things are like, you're interested in them, so they're interested in you kind of thing. Right. Right. Um, but there's something, some kind of ritualism behind that, or is if I think if you're just curious and looking at things from a healthy standpoint, not, you know, wanting these things to be in you or around you, you know, in your yeah. domicile, you'll be fine. It's a matter of faith and it's a matter of strength up here.
2: Yeah. Angie. The, uh, cause shadow people is an interesting point of conversation because there's been the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who have, who have experienced shadow people. And, you know, you can see a shadow person at a haunted location, or you can, most people experience them in sleep paralysis. They Mm -hmm. experience shadow people. It's the the stranger phenomena or the visitor. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's like four different types of shadow figures that people report, like a mistly figure, a humanoid looking figure. And then they have the hat man. that people see and then there's also like a like an in-between like a like a hybrid like this misty uh humanoid it kind of like drifts back and forth Mm -hmm. but it's been written about for thousands of years like the word nightmare comes from an evil spirit named Mare, which is an old Mm -hmm. uh somewhere in the in the aisles uk scotland uh, ireland somewhere up there uh, um, a mare was a a a demonic or an evil spirit that would try to suffocate you in your sleep and sit on your chest and there's Mm. been writings of um people seeing that and writing about that for way back like thousands like when the the thousands of years you know you also have the old hag which is people have experienced that which is this witch-like creature figure that does kind of a similar thing they've all report they all report a similar um experience to where something is like sitting on your chest trying to suffocate you Mm -hmm. um and then the one that's really kind of scary is the hat man uh the hat man is supposedly only shows up when tragedy is to soon strike Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you ever seen the show the y files on youtube Mm -hmm. uh pretty pretty good videos the dude's very very well uh produced to those videos but he did one on shadow people and one of, one of his visitors wrote in that uh she had sleep paralysis one night and uh saw the hatman in her room and her her and her boyfriend were laying there and the boyfriend made some sort of comment like I, I can't remember what he said but anyways the boyfriend died a month later
3: oh shit
2: and there was like a bunch of people that have reported seeing the hatman and something really 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 bad happened so they 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 you probably heard it referred to as the hatman demon mm-hmm so this is like this like um demonic force that shows up and like induces bad luck and tragedy on people so they're they're mm-hmm. they're interesting interesting characters interesting entities
0: so so like the hatman is something that i've spent a good amount of time like trying to like learn about and um like you said he's like this precursor to tragedy and i've heard him referred to as like a harbinger and mm-hmm. it's kind of like the same thing when people talk about like mothman right um that these there are certain like group of of, uh, i see you laughing we'll get to that um but this group of supernatural beings that are harbingers of doom and you were talking before about the scientific method so to speak with like paranormal activity that you like in science you have to be able to repeat something over and over over again to show that you can prove that like you know it exists or whatever but you can't necessarily do that with like the supernatural per se i guess Um, but there's such a collective experience with the Hat Man. And it all seems to be very, very similar. Now it could just be like that whole like cultural like zeitgeist that everybody is reading about it. And it could be half the people are full of crap and half the people are experiencing it and they're um, you know deciphering that experience through the lens that everybody else has already kind of put online and they've read about. Or do you think that Hatman maybe does exist as like an actual harbinger of some sort of doom like other things people have assigned that role to like mothman huh.
2: well i know that um most of the times when people experience uh, experience him well i should say almost all the time people experience them they're in that state of of sleep paralysis and there's a thing that happens when you are in sleep paralysis which is called hypnognia or hip hip, hip, hip which is basically like where your muscles are completely locked up um mm-hmm nobody really knows why the body does that but there's like this weird state of altered consciousness called hipgonia I don't even know if I'm saying it right it's a hard word to say sure, um, sure. but during that period you're it's scientifically proven that you can have intense hallucinations auditory hallucinations and stuff like that but the the question that I'm I, to, to, or the answer for the question that you posed is that there's such a relevant like so many people have reported the same thing and i'm wondering if like these demonic forces and these evil spirits are are these real things and they're they've been reported for maybe not the hat man but these shadow beings and these creatures have been reported for thousands of years if there's a specific entity that legitimately does prey on people that um are in this state of in like of and paralysis, vulnerability. Yeah. vulnerability. Now, in regards to being a harbinger of doom, um, it has been said that demonic forces and unclean spirits, or you know, non-human entities, have the power to influence our daily lives um, that they can, they can bring bad luck. And they, so it, it's really hard to say, but I mean, I feel like there's a level of plausibility to say that, you know, if these things are real, which I know they are real, Brian and I definitely know that they're real because we've met them and have experienced and interacted with them, um, that they could definitely, um, bring bad luck and misfortune on you. It's just like with the Dybbuk box and Zach Bagans museum, I know everybody doesn't like daddy Bagans, but the, um, like when Post Malone and him were messing around with the Dybbuk box. Uh, everybody knows about the Dybbuk box. They opened it up and that week, you know, is the, the week that he left, um, the museum, like two days later, he got T-boned in his Rolls Royce, almost killed him. And then the next day when he was leaving Las Vegas, his plane tire blew out and on the runway and he almost died in a plane accident. You know what I mean? So there's definitely, so, uh, definitely some, some things out there that have these abilities to influence your life. Uh, Brian, you want to tell them about the, uh, for example, the, the, the gasket covers that we have. The valve covers?
1: Yeah, so we recently acquired these gasket covers from a good friend. His name's Ronnie Daly in Columbus, Texas, and uh, didn't want to. You see he's a scrapyard owner, right? Uh, he's the owner of many, several businesses, but the scrapyard is one of his. And he, you know, we told him, hey, we're we're collecting allegedly haunted or cursed, or, you know, or just unique or weird or curious items, and uh, he said, I got something for you and we're like okay what is it and uh it's these uh four thunderbird uh gasket covers uh back with the 1950s they're solid chrome metal huge I'm two of them i'm like well, what's the story with these is like the last four owners that have attached these to their thunderbird have all died tragically you know within a very short time of installing them two of them uh suffering you know they died in, in a car accident in the thunderbird and then another from a heart attack and i had, believe the other from terminal cancer yeah he was he, he had cancer with a
2: non-terminal prognosis and once he mounted uh, their valve covers not uh, gasket covers yeah valve covers but when he mounted them on his vehicle he quickly received a terminal prognosis and passed away within a month
0: so weird what is like is that just something that's attached itself to those objects i guess
1: i couldn't tell you man like i don't i didn't write the bur- the book on cursed things maybe it's just a freaking crazy coincidence times four you know it could be i guess but I mean, um you know he doesn't want to destroy them because he personally mm-hmm. he he feels like something's attached to it and if he destroys them then what is he unleashing you know yeah. so the kicker i didn't want to take him I, I was feeling a certain way but uh dylan convinced me and we transported it and we're still here so but He's i didn't install enthr- them on a thunderbird either
0: got to have a thunderbird
2: first right yeah it's just it's one of those things where i just I, there's no there's no answer there's no answer mm-hmm. that you could you could objectively say like yes this is causing this and anybody that says that they know why curses happen and they know why these things happen is just a flat out liar and i'll say that publicly i don't care yeah but the the uh you know it, it's just this weird weird thing associated with items across the world that they're there's you know people will say that it's not science, but also people that b- do believe in science will say that energy is a real thing. And the law of conservation of matter says that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It just transfers state.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: if you're a person that believes in the transference of energy from, from place to place or from state to state or from object to object or whatever, uh, and you take into consideration the um, stone tape theory, which says that, um, Materials that are made out of earthly materials have the ability to absorb uh, Mm. energy imprints in them and under certain conditions or under certain uh, days or time frames that they repeat these paranormal events. So in the sense of that, the event that would trigger this energy to be released, this negative Mm -hmm. energy, wherever it came from, would be the installation of the valve covers on a car.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that Dylan uh you know the the conservation of energy when people pass away they've they've confirmed this that um the body all of a sudden weighs several grams lighter, and some people argue well, that's just the air leaving their lungs, but it's like after they flatline and they're declared dead they're you know they weigh less like there shouldn't be that much air like out of their body, but they they weigh less, so what what has left their body? that all of a sudden they weigh less that can be measured and can be repeated. Some people argue that it's yes. the spirit or your soul. It's like 27 grams or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's something that can be like defiant, like within, you know, right. plus or minus like variable. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to, I'm going to Google something real quick while y'all are talking.
1: You know, and we were uh, talking about shadow people, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Brandon's and, um, I don't, I don't know if we have a bookmark, but we did capture a shadow person at this place called the old park hotel. In Bollinger Texas, yeah, so it was down the hallway. And uh, oh, it, was, it was a crazy capture because we were going to release the uh, the video, and I was just doing a final scrub because I was bored. And I'm like, did you see this? And I showed it to Dylan. He's like, why is there a shadow person standing down the hallway? I'm like, okay, so you see it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, if you guys can find it, for sure. Yeah, yeah we I have a bunch people, of like, scrub it. bookmarked for you, but we can definitely uh, – there's another uh, – it's like an hour-long episode because that place is so freaking active. Uh, right. definitely if you ever come to texas i would like to take you there or to or to house. So either of those would be a great time yeah man
0: uh in when we're talking about shadow people and hat man like his his look right that type of hat is like supposed to be like a fedora or, or something like that and um you know, I've heard him also talk about being like wearing a suit. Like those are very yeah, so pe- pe- period style clothing, right? There's a so place like- in um in Victoria, Texas that we went to called the Sixth Realm
1: House. I don't know if we spoke to mm-hmm. you about it um, in the first episode Maybe. with you, but um, there's an entity there called the Fat Man, not the Hat Man, but he still wears a hat and he has a suit. But he's like mm-hmm. a little bit more heavy set, and mm-hmm. he appears as a shadow and kind of follows the owner around. And uh, mm-hmm. when she was telling us about. Um, the fat man, like something started closing my throat off and I had to like gag and I had to like run out of the building. And once I run out of the building and I said some prayers and was just like, you know, like releasing that energy, I was totally fine. Totally fine. But she was talking about this thing that supposedly follows her or like haunts the place or is somehow attached to her or the property. Like it felt like literally something was going like this and I was like, I could not breathe. And I think that
2: I have the uh this really wild Instagram clip from her in front of a mirror if you want to see it real quick. Yeah, so there's absolutely. some validity
1: there's, there's absolutely like physical evidence to this thing that like tried to choke me out. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't like it doesn't like telling the story, you know, it doesn't like being known Could or be. identified or heard. Can y'all yeah. see this? Yeah, yeah.
2: All uh, right, so I want you to look like right here. And I want you to pay attention. So this is her, uh somebody in the mirror. And I want you to pay attention. I believe this is the, the owner. And um, this thing has horns, bro. Look at this. It's in a loop like a boomerang. You can literally, oh, my bad. Uh, you okay.
1: can literally see the shadow or move that off the brim, of her. is that the brim of a hat? It's kind of.
0: It looks hippies. like horns to me. Hmm. Look. Yeah, I agree. It does kind of look. Because you can see almost like it jutting off of like the head yeah he's like
1: hellboy or something (laughs) dude it's really kind
2: of it's really kind of wild like that's like super scary if you think about it like this this the shadowy mass is quite literally exiting her physical body like oh that's what it's doing is leaving her it's it's either moving away like it was in the mirror standing in front of her or it's exiting okay so yeah it's like a a live
1: photo she took like a live photo of herself in the mirror and you know how right. live
0: photos work. They kind of take multiple frames oh, yeah. and those
1: things, like so leave. If,
0: there. if you're just listening to this, you should definitely go check this out on either YouTube or Spotify, where you can watch this too. But you can see it like from in front of her face, moving off of her almost. Like yeah. I didn't even notice that before because I was trying to look at the shadow to find the horn you said. But like it, it almost looks like it comes out of the middle of her freaking head. Yeah, it's spooky. That for yeah, and you
1: yeah, know. After she left, I mean, she was very—they're very nice to owners, and you know, I don't. Whatever was going on there, I can't—I can't explain it. But when she was gone, mm-hmm. I didn't feel that way anymore.
0: You know, so if that is like the fat man with a hat, or um, even talking about like the generic like hat man, I think it's really weird. Um, when I was talking about like what he's wearing, because if—if if this is like a spirit that transcends time and space, right? It's Older than that look of a fedora with a jacket, suit and jacket. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, do you guys think that spirits maybe sometimes just show themselves in, I guess, clothing that you would recognize period wise? And that if it showed up in like a suit of armor, right, just to throw shit out there that nobody wears anymore, right? Yeah. That it would not be... You know, I don't know. Maybe you would think you're going crazy because you're seeing somebody in a suit of armor. I don't know.
1: It's kind of hard to put all that into a nice, neat box. I think there's different classifications of of spirits that are different. Of they're capable of different phenomenon, right? So, like demonological or or shadow people, I think they're capable of just a little bit more. Um, Mm -hmm. And if they want to scare the crap out of you, then they'll probably choose like their darkest, their nastiest form to let you see. You know. Um whereas like human spirits, like you'll kind of see them as they were or how they passed away or in their they're kind of stuck in their time. So Yeah. Um but you can you know I can't bring in a demon on a leash and be like, look, this is what he wears. Like he wears a red tie Oh yeah. Time. You know, so it's yep. it's hard to like put it in a box, but um mm-hmm. any I think anything's possible when we're talking about the paranormal.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I actually have a wild uh picture that I was able to um get from a lady that I was on a tour with in at Hill house. Like I was running a tour and she captured this photo from upstairs. Um, (laughs) yeah. You want to talk about it? I I think this is the shadow man, but you've never seen anything like this. I can promise you.
0: Okay. I'm excited.
2: So this character right here. Yeah. Is not real. That's not a person.
0: Sure That's how it looks like. It.
2: Yeah. And I want you to know that that door frame's is eight feet tall somewhere. So this, I don't,
0: this person is like seven, four or something like that. Or this huge being is standing at like seven,
1: four. And the interesting thing about this photographer, Dylan, if I recall correctly, uh, what what's the mm-hmm. interesting thing about her?
2: Oh, uh, she's a spiritual photographer. So she takes like uh she's like an intuitive photographer. So she takes pictures of just based off of her gut and captures like these strange, uh, strange photos uh, of sorts but um so yeah this one mm-hmm. this one was freaking
0: wild man like
1: like the size of its head dude, it's like yeah. michael myers dude he's like
0: it, he's thick <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was happy gilmore's boss from happy gilmore's the big dude uh anyway but what what is the red there at the bottom
2: uh, exactly. I think that might be the Probably railing, the like to the st- to the staircase, like because the oh, the floor okay. Wood. the floor is like right here, and then it goes out this way, and then right over here is like the entrance to the downstairs staircase, and there's some railing yeah. right there. Um, okay. But the particular quality of shadow people that's very unnerving is look how like vanta black he is. Yes,
0: right. absolutely. Like you could almost make out if he. Like if he has hair, or if like maybe it almost looks like he's wearing a typically wearing a ball cap, kinda of like you and I doing. Just kind of like the way his heads turned.
2: So there's a character in Hill House. Um, his name is is Russell. Mm-hmm. And uh, they call him the they call him the Stomper. And they for a while what's interesting about that house is that house is always evolving, like there's new spirits coming into the house that make themselves known and we haven't heard from Russell in a while, but when he was very prominent, you would hear like you would be uh, it would always happen around like four o'clock four thirty in the morning in the attic, and you would hear coming up the stairs I'm talking like someone is stomping their feet like a three hundred pound person up the stairs, yeah, and you would hear this deep, let you know they're deep there this deep, 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 deep voice like. <clears throat> like w- way deeper than I can ever make my voice. This guttural like, um,
1: I've experienced, voice. I think I've experienced him the first time I was there when you were asleep. Yeah. Very, like, very, you know, the, very, very, that, the that was the most unnerving like <laughs> time ever. So you guys have spent the night here. What are you talking? I, about? Oh yeah, yeah. Every, every yeah. time it is like sleep. time. Yeah. But Dylan but was asleep. Like. And, uh, yeah, it was like four or five in the morning. And I heard just, <coughs> just like super. I'm like, Oh cool. Like Dylan's awake. You know, but I'm like, I'm like, was that Dylan? I was like looking at him because it sounded, it just sounded weird. It was like really gruff. And yeah. I looked, I'm like, no, he's dead asleep, dude. And then I heard the boots, the, the boot steps like, boom. It was like a clop, 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 but like heavy. And it was coming closer and closer to me. And I was just staring at it like in disbelief. You know, you're just like, what the hell is going on right now? And all of a sudden you're I hear like somebody staring in the, yeah, he says my name. He says Brian. And then something – I feel like ghost fingers literally make physical contact with my inner thigh. And I jump and I I run outside and I smoke – I chain-smoke two packs of cigarettes until (laughs) until Dylan – that was it, dude. I'm like, I can't stay in this house for another second. That's the only time I've ever (laughs) been that way because it was so unnerving. There's there's like a chain of paranormal (laughs) events where you can like – you can tolerate things. But that was crazy. But if they keep escalating and escalating and now it's like physical touch and like you can literally feel – the fingers and the hand and like, it's grabbing you and it's like
0: wanting that. That's when it gets, it's personal, dude. It's too much. Yeah. Like it's not just for fun anymore. Is that the worst thing you've ever experienced as far as a spirit interacting with you? Like physically Toby, uh, when we
1: possibly accidentally, like evoked him into the space, um, when he went ballistic for four hours straight and, uh, we were fearing safety pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. That was probably, <laughs> that you know, I, ballistic. I, don't, I don't think anything can top that because of the prolonged activity and how intense it was and how it was following us. And how it was like, it was always like yeah, very yeah. uncomfortably close to us, but not right. Like up on us and just yeah,
0: hearing audible so, death threats. <laughs> I, don't so know, I, I, I know, I know who Toby is just cause like, you guys have told me about him before, but for those who don't know and listening right now, maybe didn't listen before. Like, who is Toby? Dylan. Dylan. Yeah.
2: yeah so he's the. Um, so I I know he's real, right? Yeah, he he to me and Brian is the objective demonic force of Hill House, mm-hmm. um, but to the to the grand public, he is the alleged uh, demonic force that that inhabits Hill House and. Toby is the name – the story that I was told is that Toby is the name that he chose um, because when the girls who lived in the house were playing and playing around with some things that they shouldn't have been playing around with and they summoned something through, uh, Paranormal Activity was the hit movie at the time and the pop culture name for the, uh, the demon in Paranormal Activity was Toby. And I don't know if they said it out loud and he picked up on it and he's like, yeah, let's go with that. I like Toby. But there's another theory that we have that I believe is much – much stronger is from the book of tobit so the book of tobit long story short is a is a is a uh, theological story about a woman named sarah and her seven her six or seven to be husbands that were killed by the name it uh the demon osmodeus and if Mm -hmm. you anybody watching or listening has ever seen the pope's exorcist that's the demon from the pope's exorcist um he is the Fifth spirit, or he's the thirty-second spirit, infernal spirit in the arts Goetia, and he's like the if we're talking like Dragon Ball Z here, he's like power ranking number five of hell. Okay, right, and um, so basically the story goes is that Sarah, uh, this this demon had a a lust for her because Asmodius is the high demon of lust and greed, and that uh, she was to be married to multiple men, and every time she would try to get married to these multiple men, Asmodius would show up and uh, unalive them. Okay. Basically, uh, through some means. Uh so Sarah uh had her final husband, whose name was Tobias, and he reached out to the Archangel Raphael, who gave him instructions to go to the riverbed, uh catch a fish, uh cut out its gallbladder, light it on fire, and that will draw out the demon. And then Raphael came down and uh exorcised him from 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 the from, from the two of them. Um, so we believe that if he is Asmodeus, uh, it kind of tracks and makes sense that if Tobias is the only one that's ever ex- successfully been involved in an exorcism of Asmodeus from the earth, then maybe the name Toby would be something that he's familiar with, like Tobias. Cause we call him Tobias all the time and he doesn't like it. We don't need to like to hear the name Tobias. Because we always mess with him, Tobias. You know where at, right? Because um, that's the formal name for Toby. And we've talked to to him about, hey, we're gonna go get our, we're gonna go get Mike uh, Raphael, and we're gonna we're gonna kick your ass. And we've heard growling, we've heard upset noises of from Toby and when we bring up Raphael. So we think, uh... and then plus we read out of the the Lesser Key of Solomon and kind of like accidentally evoked him, and that's directly linked to uh, the instructions on how to
0: commune with Osmodius, So there's that. Yeah. So he just basically spent four hours yelling at you guys and threatening to kill you, essentially. Yeah. If there was any safe from that,
1: it's all in our video.
0: Uh, We can pull up the short and kind of refresh the viewer's uh, memory. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Dude. Like, what even keeps you safe from that? Like, I feel like (laughs) faith. Something like they could just transcend
1: faith. Well, I mean, that night, it wasn't on film, but I'm like, "You you ain't getting in any of us, man. You can get as mad as you want. Like, give it to us, right. but you ain't going to get us, you know? And then right. he replied with, all you are mine. Mm. Which in the moment, yeah, I I'm... was just like, it's in the moment, it just kind of like, ah. But like, if it, right. with the compressed audio, it was literally like, all oh, you are mine. So he's like, still trying to like, you know, talk shit or get at us. So, I mean, if yeah, you go yeah. to Hell House and you experience him, it's not a game, dude. Like, it's, there have been, mm. uh we just spoke with uh, Ryan, you know, Dylan's really good friends with Ryan. He used to main uh, tour guide and investigator at Hill House, and he's witnessed mm-hmm. a legitimate uh, possession on New Year's Day um, of, uh, of several. Individuals. Like, there was this whole filming crew came in. One woman got possessed. She was speaking in tongues and, like, walked outside in the snow, like, on New Year's Day. Um, Kathy or Sonny helped, you know, destroy that. And then one by one, like, this big film crew, like, windled down. <laughs> like, all these people were just feeling That's sick strange. and had to leave. Yeah, so, I mean, he's not... It's not. It's not a trivial thing to like mess with uh, such a negative spirit like that all the time. It uh,
0: So, like, what out. then is like the difference between her that happening to her something that's serious, and then when you guys are actually calling it out, and you haven't experienced something at that level?
2: I think it has a lot to do with your fortitude, like consciously. Um, yeah. I, I, I make the example. Um, do you have anybody in your mind that's like a real small frail person? Yep. There. All Got right. It. So, think about that small frail person. If you were a, de- if you were about to get into a fist fight, would you rather fight Brock Lesnar or would you rather fight that small frail person?
0: The small frail person.
2: Okay. So, people in the sense of I'm not saying this person in specific, but if you were a demonic force that had to use energy and had to use effort and had to use um, all these different things to get inside the mind and the spirit of an individual, wouldn't you rather choose the person? Mm-hmm that may potentially have some stuff going on in their life or may have some decreased abilities to protect themselves like consciously or, you know what I mean? Like for us, you know, I'm not, I don't know anything about this person, so I can't speak to them uh, typically, but when you hear a lot about like demonic possession or a uh, spirit, um, conduiting people, which is basically like uh, if you've ever seen any horror movie with a psychic and the psychic is like, yeah. and there's like speaking in tongues and stuff like that, right. That'd be like a conduit. A right. One. They're kind of like, Pulling the uh, sorry, I'm animated, but pulling the strings of um, like puppeteering a person to re- relay a message, mm-hmm. and um, you hear a lot about people that are depressed, have anxiety, have like crazy home situations, dealing with abuse, drug abuse, alcoholism, stuff like that. They're easy vessels to jump into because their their mental buffer is not as strong as someone who's just like like me. Like Brian, Brian's always telling me, and I I understand him completely, but he's like, dude, you got to like. Like, cause I have all the haunted items that we get shipped to my house mm-hmm. and I bring them inside and I open it up. And you know, my wife's like, so, so about it. Some things she's like, no, don't bring that in the house. The other thing she's like, okay, we can open it up. But he's always telling me like, Hey, like, you know, you need to get that sh- shit out of your house. And he knows I'm stubborn about it uh, because like, oh, I've explained that I have-
1: uh, if, if they show up, they show up, I don't give a shit.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I have this, I have this mindset. Um, Balls. You know how they teach about the the, the bulletproof mindset, right? So like right. when you go into an active shooter, <laughs> oh, seriously, and you're you about like ghost Ghost Goggins right now, dude. Basically, and it's like <laughs> if you go into an active carry shooter, the proton packs. Exactly. If you go into an active shooter, thinking that you're going to get shot or you're scared about getting shot, the likelihood of you getting shot actually increases because you might hesitate or whatever. in that aspect, I kind of have a bulletproof mindset with spirits. Like I know they have the capability to. Do something to me, but I just will stand there with my feet planted and not give a shit about it like I think I just put this big giant wall up in front of me like All right, if you're gonna do something, you're gonna have to try really, really, really hard to do something bad to me and to get mm-hmm. me to freak out so otherwise, like either do it, fuck you or you know what I mean like that's just my stance I'm just like i don't care like you know so I think sure. that in regards to 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 protecting yourself, that's the stance that you have to take like Knowing that you know you might be proverbially shot in the active shooter uh, response of ghost hunting, right? Um, but also knowing that you're you're protected and that you are a very hard target, and yeah. you just it's just like being like like cocky, arrogant, like um, confident, you know, and just being like, "All right, you can't you can't hurt me." And if they do hurt you, then you'd be like, "All right, well, what else do you got?"
0: Right. And the ghost so are just, like, "Oh shit, I thought that would work." Right. So just faith of steel basically
1: yeah and i mean they you know they can't they can't physically affect you and and they're trying to psychologically like break you down but the whole point is to get evidence so it's like mm-hmm. we're almost like in a weird way like happy when things just get out of hand to, like just keep filming it is to, a like, weird dichotomy for sure
0: it's like yeah like just you, keep filming you want to feel, and, feel like, safe yeah dang man so that's a crazy story. This chick gets possessed in this house. Like, are you? You said as your friend. Like, are you able to expand a little bit more on that story? Like, yeah.
1: you want me, to, uh, Brian? Well, and then there's the story. Um, there's the story of the hoofs in the snow uh, in that same kind of filming sequence. Um, there was fresh snow, um, Damn, you know, shortly after or before these possessions occurred, and uh, they're not deer hoofs. It was a bipedal creature, and there's. Mm-hmm you know, obvious like hoofs in the snow and they're going up to the house and they just disappear. They're completely vanished. I wonder
0: what that is, man. Cause that it's like,
1: yeah, a lot of people think Toby. He's like some kind of sabbatical, like goat, like demonic, you know, has, has those characteristics, has hooves.
0: I meant more like the, the hoof thing, like the, obviously anything you look at, like demonic satanic, stuff like that, it's all like a depiction of like a goat, or
1: you know like what Baph- I mean? There, you're the talking club, about the, the, club the entity Baphomet, um, which is right. you know, either a, a symbolistic, uh, expression of, you know, dark magic or sa- satanic rituals, or it's, Where just, does the- it's a symbol of uh, rebellion. Like, Hey, I don't believe in God, but this mm. is a cool symbol to
0: hide behind or. You
1: know. <laughs> Where is there like an origin
0: to the whole like cloven and yeah. hoof goat thing? Okay. Yeah. That's what uh, like
1: it goes back to uh I'm gonna butcher his name. Dylan, you can take it. I think it was Elephus Levi or Elephus Levy. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Elephus
2: Levy, he was a uh eighteenth century yeah, eighteenth century French occultist and uh basically he was the like the modern pioneer of like modern Satanism. Uh mm-hmm. now obviously uh Anton Xander Levy spun up in the in the sixties or seventies or whatever. He he really uh blew blew up the scene with uh, the satanic temple, but Eliphas Levy was the first one to do it. You know, he, he is the one who inspired, you know, people like Aleister Crowley, you know, mm-hmm. like he's like the OG, like occultist. cultist, okay. um, that's, that's written about and his, he had depictions of the, the Baphometic. um, the uh, the symbol of baphomet so like the the baphometic symbol he was kind of the one that writ the writ the book, wrote the books about like the uh the high sigil of black magic which is like the satanic pentalpha uh in a pent-alpha for anybody that doesn't know what that is people call it a pentagram a pentagram is not demonic a pentagram is a the embodiment of the five uh, like spirits like earth wind water fire okay. earth wind air yeah. fire and spirit sorry and then okay. the inversion of that is the the pent alpha which is it's it goes into as above so below got you yeah and um he 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 kind of went into that whole thing but the the baphometic symbology is kind of interesting because the satanic temple will say that it represents the divine the the divine feminine and the masculine and uh seeking not the flame on the head is like a symbol of seeking knowledge and all this different stuff but um no one's even sure if like baphomet is a real entity because uh the origins of it go like way back knights templar far
1: Mm -hmm. um they got persecuted for supposedly allegedly you know um doing adultery right with baphomet and you know but really they were just after the uh the uh artifacts and you know their treasure and just trying to destroy them as a as an entity or as a Mm -hmm. as an order so to speak they
2: were they were because obviously the, the the Knights Templar were were based in Christianity, right? Uh, we're supposed yeah. were, they were uh, an offshoot of the uh, the Byzantine Empire and all that stuff, and yada yada yada. And they have connections with the free, the Masonic Brotherhood and the the Stone Masons Guild, and uh, mm-hmm. they were accused of her- of uh, heresy by the Catholic Church, and yeah. Yeah. when yeah. they were Hom- put up into yeah.
1: homosexuality, adultery, um, false idols. Heresy. Yeah. So just throw so throw, just throw everything we can at them. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. What? Yeah. Maybe so they, the
2: they they brought up this entity that they were praying to this false idol. That was the main accusation. Was the heresy, the false idol worshiping, uh, and they they made up this story about, uh, or supposedly made up the story about this creature named Baphomet, who's like the the yeah, yeah. goat, the unholy, the unho- the the embodiment of the unholy is is Baphomet, mm-hmm. and that's why
1: you see it used yeah, as that's the where, uh, to- that's where the term Black Sabbath actually came from. It was you. They would give uh, people who would worship the devil would receive the dark Eucharist, and it would be somebody dressed mm-hmm. as a goat giving some foul liquor for people to drink and then beat their chests and, you know, worship the devil or the moon or whatever the heck's going on. So it was this whole right. thing actually... that was just spun up, and either it's true or it's not, or it's just a weapon used to, you know, politically or religiously destroy your enemies uh, for power. It's it's mm-hmm. up to a for debate.
2: There's actually a book written in the 16th century, so it was from like 15. Uh, well, actually no, 17th century. It was written in like 1600 Salem, I think. It was called uh, the Witch's, The Witches, The Witches Mass. Uh, okay. And it talks about like the uh, it was like a real like handwritten accord of the um of the devil's communion, which is literally just an inversion of the of a holy communion, like uh, mm-hmm. eating, eating these black spiked wafers that hurt the tongue. And uh, it goes into depth about how like the they, you know, the devil shows up in black garb. Everybody's wearing black garb. They, and you they lift the, yeah, you lift the tail of the devil and kiss him, lift, him and lick him in un, <laughs>
1: unsavory <laughs> places. Yeah, yeah no, this weird. is like a real. Yeah. It's a real thing, yeah. I actually read oh, it out right. loud over a podcast, and I got like some weird <laughs> vibes, so I stopped immediately. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was like, "If you really watch weird. our, if you watch our podcast on the uh, Anton Zender LeVay, and the Satanic
0: Temple, we have the whole thing in there." Okay, I have not seen that. I'm gonna have to yeah. watch it. That's so you That's said one you, of my favorite like you felt okay. You said you felt weird, Brian. Like or like,
1: yeah, I felt like you know in the Holy Spirit, or you know, you get like just good vibes and it's tingly and it's just kind of coming wow. over you. It was coming so like so from going the, the other bottom. way. Yeah, it was coming from below, first of all, like, in my inner thigh, like, coming up. And I'm like, nope. I'm like, where's my holy water? This is done. <laughs>
0: it was heading through your ass. Maybe, dude. Yeah. Or, well, may,
1: you know, maybe it's just subjective association with, oh, I'm reading something really creepy. You know, i started to feel yeah. a certain way. But
0: I
2: think there legitimately is something to be said about. I don't know if we talked about this in the last podcast that we did, but uh, I'll repeat it. Just about yeah, a spoken word. Uh, yeah. And if anybody's religious, you know, and it talks about... Um, you know cuz i'm i'm non-denominational i believe mm-hmm. in god angels and demons i just don't assign myself to a specific religion um, but you know, in the in the Bible, I'm not a Bible reader, so I wouldn't know. But I'm pretty sure it says that uh, he spoketh the word, and upon it, you know, on his word, the universes were created. Right? God mm-hmm. spoke the universe into existence. Mm-hmm. And if you read a lot of texts and ancient texts and scriptures, it talks about the actual like saying of things that are like perpetuating energy into the environment. Mm-hmm. That intention and and saying specific things is manifests real life energy into your space. And there's been a lot of accounts of people reading books that are occult or dodgy in the evil energy realm. And they start to have these very, very, very strange experiences where they get headaches or they get nauseous or they'll start seeing things. Brian had a personal experience with that if he wants to touch on it briefly. Well, we spoke um, about Alice it in Raleigh's work.
1: We spoke about it oh, in the first right. episode, I think. but We yeah, did. But basically we'll um, let people go
0: back and listen to it.
1: Yeah, I believe the demonological grimoires, um, if you do read them just know that uh if you you know you're potentially opening yourself st- you're talking about like do you, do you think studying these things opens you up well, it depends if you're reading mm-hmm. a demonological grimoire written by like you know a master you know magic press practitioner whatever it may be then maybe you know it's uh yeah something about the words and just reading it and going through it and maybe maybe experiencing what they were experiencing, it could be like a, an, a true account of like a, them encountering a demon. That might be that demon being like, all right, like this guy's next, you know? So
0: um, that, just keep that in that mind. That whole concept that is yeah, obviously like, I think that safety is paramount for sure. Right. And what you believe is, um, I feel like going to influence your thoughts for sure. But I find it interesting because there's another book. I don't remember. I feel part of me feels like we've talked about this before. Um, but I'm just gonna say it again. Anyway, the book communion about, it's about aliens. You guys ever seen that book? No. Okay. So there's the same thought process behind the book communion and reading it. And then it kind of opening you up to alien abduction and encounters with aliens, extraterrestrials. And there are tons of people. This book, I want to say was maybe written in the seventies, something like that. Um, but it is somebody's account of their interactions with being abducted and other really crazy interactions, like even like having sex with female aliens and stuff like that. And that reading it invokes those, you know, those aliens to come visit you and that you're going to have some sort of experience of you know, the fourth kind or whatever. And mm. it makes me wonder, cause there's a lot of, a lot of people, especially, especially now that, um, there's a very hefty blend of spiritualism and the whole UAP thing that's going on right now where a lot of people have that thought process that, you know, UAPs are demons. I'm sure yeah. you guys have seen that. Alien, aliens are demons or is what a lot of people right. are saying. And it's funny right. because and
1: that it, Alistair Crowley painted or hand drew the first demon right. that we summoned and he looks like a freaking gray. And this is like he a does. century before the first account yeah. the
0: pop culture account of grays came into, you know. The media so exactly and that's kind of what i'm getting at is that i almost wonder if like that book communion right just that's the only book about ufos i know that people talk about is opening you up to it if if maybe there is some sort of truth to that whole thought process about aliens or demons just because like reading that book, if it's the same effect on reading, like, let's just say, like you said, like a demonic grimoire, and you could be opening yourself up to things, you know, if these are extraterrestrial beings from another planet, I feel like reading about them wouldn't bring them to you the way that you're reading about demonic presences then bring it to you because that's a spiritual thing. I'll makes be honest, sense.
1: man, like even looking at their sigils, you know, they kind of look like circuit boards, and they're all kind of crazy, like, it's like you can look like an mm. archangel sigil and be like, "Oh, that's 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 really interesting. I like the way that looks." And then you look at like a demon sigil and you're just like, "I don't know if I like that." You know what I mean? Like it's just maybe it's subjective association, but it's just it starts to make you feel uncomfortable. It starts to make you feel a certain way. So it just... I think
2: there's a lot to be said, and I might get a little conspiracy here on you if that's Dude, all right. Go for it,
3: man. All right. So
2: there, there's so there was a there was a. a, a one of my my first point before I get a to a to j to z to b here on you is that um i think there's a lot of information about like spiritualism and uh ancient knowledge that these things come from that have been taken away from us. And the only reason I say that is because I watched this interesting uh, podcast with Julian Dory with a gentleman named Matt, Matt LaCroix, and he's like a leading, um, you know, people don't like to listen to these types of like ancient history, lost history individuals, but long story short, this gentleman was making a point where he was connecting the dots from the great deluge, which he said was, um, was done by the Anunnaki from Nibiru and all this mm-hmm. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But he starts to, he starts to like connect the dots with like um, um, Noah being like this ancient king of Sumeria. His name was Zaya Sutra, yada yada yada. But he gets mm-hmm. to this point where he talks about um, ancient Rome and when Rome fell, okay. and when when Rome fell, Constantine separated. It was the emperor uh, that stood up the Byzantine Empire, right? Uh, so the Byzantine Empire was stood up in like 1483. And if you look at the time frame from the uh, standing up of the Byzantine Empire to the holy wars to the Brian I think we lost your your image here um to the holy wars to the Spanish Inquisition okay it's like uh 1438 and then the holy wars came after and then the Inquisition came after that but the thing that I found was interesting is that Rome used to be a polytheistic it it was a polytheistic empire, right? They had you know all the gods, and when the when the Byzantine Empire was set up, automatically they were they shifted to one religion, which was Christianity. And the thought that was pop popped up is you know how do you control the world? Oh, well, if you erase the past, you then hold the key to write the past and the future, and if you look at how the the crusades which came out of the byzantine empire the targeting areas of which they they ransacked raised to the ground stole things were places like alexandria in the middle east where all this ancient knowledge existed and i'm wondering to myself how much information has been seized in the name of christianity And i'm not talking bad about christianity i'm just talking about history we know these things happened we we can't ignore them right like these things happened How much information has been stolen and destroyed and burned to the ground? Like the great library of Alexandria, how much sacred knowledge about spiritualism and these realms that these ancient societies and cultures talked about was lost to the ether because like the Byzantine empire just like ripped it away. So like, you know, there, there's a lot of things that I, you know, because they believed in this, you know, they talk about speaking things and 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 they, they write about in their texts all the time about the underworld and these guardians and these spirits and that they, these interactions that they had. And people are like, oh, they were just ancient peoples. Nobody, nobody.
1: Yeah, they were, they were ignorant. They were uneducated and they blew things out of proportion. Which they? I don't what think did is, they,
2: though? <laughs> I don't think that's the the thing. I think they that these things that we talk about today, they, they, they've been around for so long that they probably had some sort of form of understanding because they wouldn't be so obsessed with it. Now you could talk about how, you know, they didn't understand this, that, and the third, and that might be true for a certain percentile of the things that they dealt with. But I think that, you know, when it comes to like the spiritualistic beliefs of these individuals, like they were like, I think that these things were written down somewhere and these things were you know, taken away and, you know, in the name of uh, a monotheized world, uh, which ended up, you know, starting with, uh, you know, the big booming of, of Christianity. And I know that's kind of like a tangent. But like I said, like, I think that there's more to this in, in regards to the spiritual world than, than we think we know. I think that they yeah. knew a lot more.
0: I don't think it's too big of a tangent, to be honest with you, because um I want to address a couple of the things you said, right? So like, Constantine, um, his splitting of the empire, you know, Western Rome was falling apart. Eastern Rome was kind of on the rise, right? Mm -hmm. And he has, he sees this astrological anomaly in the sky and makes the decision to convert to Christianity and then, you know, kind of has, goes through this process of making Christianity the official, you know, religion of, of Rome. And that's not the first time a leader has said, hey, an entire civilization of people we're going to go from a polytheistic culture to now a monotheistic culture. And I was just talking about this with our last guest, Luke Caverns um, about there's, there's a Pharaoh. Everybody knows. Happened who in ancient Tutankhamun Egypt, is. Yeah. In right. Exactly. Yep. So his father was named Akhenaten, right? So King Tut, when he was born, his name was not Tutankhamun. He changed his name to uh, Tutankhamun. And it was originally Aten because of the God, Aten, Right. And, his father basically said, we are no longer polytheistic. We are now a monotheistic uh, empire, right? And it caused all these issues. And there's this whole thought process behind it. If you look at there's this really famous statue of Akhenaten. And he looks like an alien. It's really weird. He does not look like a regular human being, just some of his features. And there's a lot of thought process um, now, like medical... And looking back on it, they think he had. I don't remember the specific disease they say he may have had, but it's one of the traits of the disease is a man having like feminine qualities, like wide hips, uh, could even develop breast tissue, stuff like that. And that um, you know he could be he could be crazy for all we know, right? But this thought process behind um, converting into monotheism on monotheistic you know religion, is there might be something Kleinfelter to- syndrome. I'm not sure. What's hmm. you'd have to give me the description, or maybe if you found it uh, the correlation between Akhenaten and that disease, then we'd know that's what that was, but um maybe there's something to what you're saying, Dylan, about the conversion there, not just with the lost history aspect making people forget you know who they were and where they came from, but maybe if if like we're staying on this conspiracy vein there is like one, there's, like, the race of aliens that wants to control the planet, right? Now we're going, like, really super tangent. Maybe <laughs> that's maybe that's the whole point, right, is to convert to, you know, the stupid human beings on the planet now are only going to believe in one thing. You know what I mean? And that's way easier, like you said, to control, um, you know, but we're not that simple, I guess, as human beings. Well, I mean, um,
1: you're talking about, like, the pantheon of, like, the possibility of, like – other earthly spirits existing uh, we we recently yeah. had a, a really interesting experience with uh one of our voodoo dolls that we've collected, and uh, we learned mm-hmm. you know me and Dylan took it upon ourselves to you know respectfully yeah. through a sociological lens try to understand what voodoo is right you taught uh, me. yeah we are we getting into it, and we learned about um mm-hmm. you know that they do believe in one master creator of the universe, and his name's bondier. Um, that's the name of their 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 one God, you know. But the the earthly spirits that serve different purposes that intermediate between you, you know, the living person on Earth and Bondier, the kind of um, kind of removed. He's too he's too perfect and too supreme to kind of meddle in mortal affairs. So there mm-hmm. are earthly spirits called the Wa that uh, hold different kind of classifications and purposes um, that you can invoke with the magical practice of voodoo. And within mm-hmm. that, um, one of the main ones is, uh, Papa Legba at the beginning of every single voodoo ritual. Um, he is basically given offerings to, uh, open the doorway, so to speak, between yourself and whatever loa, or maybe you want to attempt to send a message to Bondier. Um, he's the one who opens the doorway. He represents the crossroads between life and death. Okay. And, um, We had a really interesting experience, and I I think I showed you uh, before, Brandon, but I think Dylan can can pull it up. Um, So the spirit's name or the the law's name is Papa Legba, and we're asking kind of what's present here with us. Um, We had had Laura with us who was using a pendulum and and a spirit board to kind of help bridge that gap, which was a whole new experience for us as well. But we caught an EVP during that session, which she was using the pendulum to try to figure out like what you know what the letters were it was actually spelling out l-e-g-b-a which is legba so papa legba and we hear this evp after the fact we didn't hear it at the time Um, but you know this isn't fabricated in any way uh, whatsoever and you can clearly hear what this electronic voice phenomenon tries to say to us
2: yeah, I don't know how uh this application picks up audio, but hopefully you can hear it. I try it to be... boost it up and clean it up, so yeah. we'll, see, we'll see here. I say uh the the cue is uh I say something like I qu- make a question I'm like my boo, uh and then you hear the voice.
3: M Y B Okay. This is the text here. No way. Look how it's
2: like what it's almost yeah, like
1: the like oh, place. That's a M Y B U. My boo? Could you hear it? Yes. Yeah, it's like that's ridiculously loud, man. (laughs) One more time. It Kind of has like a twang to him too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. My boo. boo. Yeah, you can like hear, man. Like it literally says, "like I'm Legba," which is which is. me and Brian were talking about it, and I, it's not that I – I had this, this – this, I try not to say things that are objective without having it happen again, right? But that was one of those things that we were talking about where you cannot just sit there and say that that doesn't say I'm Legba, mm-hmm. and because it definitely says I'm Legba. And the fact that it said that is actually profound on the same level as us evoking Toby by accident and him saying that he was going to kill us because we were reading out of a 17th century grimoire about yeah. how to control demons. Um it it, it gives uh, at least to me you know, now a skeptic yeah, gonna is going to be like the you're second fucking time you're, that you know
1: this has happened but it's a totally different belief system, right? So yeah. like what are we tapping into something that actually exists? Are we yeah. tapping into Skept- you know what everyone else believes, so now it's it's subjectively real to us. But even though it's an objective like form of evidence, like how do you begin skept- to even explain that?
2: Skeptics are going to be like, "Oh, this is just what you want to hear," and I, I get that. I get that. But like, you got to understand, from our perspective, is like we've been doing this long enough to where we know ghosts are real. We don't need further. We're not searching for further truth that ghosts are real. We're 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 searching for documentation of of events that happen on paranormal investigations and sharing it with other people like Mm -hmm. we want to believe we want other people to believe in ghosts we're good like when i'm listening to these (laughs) and he's listening to these i'm not like fishing for evidence i'm not like oh gosh are ghosts real or ghosts real what am i going to find it's not at that point anymore so i'm not listening for ghosts anymore i'm listening to what i hear and tagging it i'm like holy shit that's cool i can't wait to share this with people right that's our that's our perspective Mm -hmm. so but it it, you know voodoo is is the oldest one of the oldest religions in the world it's older than christianity it's older than judaism it's older than islam it's almost seven thousand years old it's very, that, very 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 old yeah it's it's you know a- africa being the the root of civilization of, of modern humanity i mean that's where it, it that's where it, it stems from so with with um i don't know if you want me to kind of clarify what like voodoo voodoo voodoo. Yeah. The, yes. all right so yes, please, so voodoo is 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 an african uh spiritual ideology right it's mm-hmm. a it's a religion okay it's it's um people you know brian was talking about it in the video he's like people hollywood has blown voodoo out of proportion because voodoo in itself is not a bad it, there's there's yin and yang to 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 both sides of religion right and it has the same thing you have you have gods that are good and you have gods that are bad just like you know you know you have like um uh i'm just like greek gods right you have one that's for festivities and partying and then you have like hades who's the god of the underworld or ares the god of war right and they have the same thing but you know African voodoo and Haitian voodoo are two different things so this doll that we have um, she was belonged to uh, mama Lola who is a um, she came from ha- uh, Haiti in like 28 1928 and she okay. ended up in in Brooklyn for a long time and then she moved down to New Orleans and was a was a, a voodoo priestess at the voodoo temple in New Orleans and this this doll was in a Uh, was blessed by her. And it would make a lot, a lot of sense if that, if it was done with a blessing that she would have blessed it in the name of Legba, because he is the, he is like the frontline, like deity, uh, God uh, of their religion. And so where Haitian voodoo and African voodoo kind of start to separate is that Haiti was a colonialized Island. Right. And with that, the colonizers who had faith in Christianity would impose their religion onto haiti so Mm -hmm. a lot of the symbolism that you see coming out of voodoo is haitian voodoo uh, like the veve which is um like Legba's sigil, for example, looks like a cross. It has it, – it, the base form is a cross and it has a bunch of different symbolism inside of it and stuff like that. Um, but that m- even spurs further to the – when slaves – enslaved people came to the colonies in America and were forced to be baptized by their, their slave owners or their, their owners. I hate to say that, but that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And with that, when they were trying to practice their faith on plantations, they were scared of being persecuted or punished for practicing devil magic. So that they would mask their rituals and their practices with Christian aspects. So there's an infusion of Christianity Catholicism with African voodoo. And that's where you get this Haitian um, meld of of voodoo coming from the Americas. Uh And then you go a little further into Louisiana voodoo and hoodoo, which hoodoo is the, as Brian likes to say, the stabbing pins and dolls and cursing and hexing people. That's Uh hoodoo. hoodoo is uh not necessarily bad but it's spell work it's spell craft it's 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 hexes and spells and potions and all these different things but people believe that voodoo is a bad thing because animal sacrifice is very important to them bones and animal sacrifices not in the name of the devil but in the name of offering uh things to the these these loas these loas uh for uh and that's what we did um with the doll in, in at bedwolf ghost tours we offered her uh earth we lit a candle fire we gave her a beer for water and i gave her my breath on the backside of the doll and brian can attest to this as soon as i let my breath out of my mouth it was like an explosion of energy happened inside of that room it was freaking insane
1: what
0: does that mean like you could feel just like
1: I yeah, know. all what of a sudden there's a presence that's otherworldly or supernatural like coming about you, and you can feel it all around your body. Um, it's it's something that, like, yeah, we're used to, and we're like, that's awesome. Like, that's to me, to us, that's evidence subjectively on camera. But if you're with us, which Brandon, I'm sure you will be, uh, you know, at some point in time, you're, you're doing this that's with the goal. us. We're gonna, we're gonna take you, you'll feel it too. It's, and when you see him freak out on the ghost shows or whatever, and you're just like, whatever. No, that's, that's, that is, that is evidence. That's probably the, Cause nobody can take that from you. You can't communicate it through a camera, but mm-hmm. you know, when you're in the presence of a spirit, everyone knows what that feels like. Everyone yeah. has had an experience and knows what that feels like. So for people who don't mm-hmm. believe in ghosts, why are you afraid of them? You know,
0: um, right, the, right.
1: That's, that's like the ultimate, like nobody wants to believe in ghosts, but everyone's afraid of them and everyone has a story. So what, what what's the skepticism about? Like, why shouldn't we seek to understand what is really going on with the world around us? And that's Agreed. why we're doing this, you know. It's not to. It's this great spiritual journey, honestly, and uh, it's it's learning about other cultures and other religions, and not and not looking at it through that this is demonic, this is evil, this is that, this is this. It's we're seeking to understand, you know, that people believe this, and is there any truth to it?
2: Yeah. And, and people too, like they'll, they'll be first to jump to the gun that say that dark matter is real, even though that it's only a, a theory, right? And mm-hmm. they're like, well, it th- has to be real because a guy in a white coat said it's real. I, I've said this time and time again. I personally believe that if you gave the amount of funding that is given to like the Large Hadron Collider and you put mm-hmm. the brightest minds in the world together to figure out if ghosts are real, they'd find something. I'm, I am sure of it. It's just that it's not a concern to, to humanity. Like there is no there, you don't benefit anything other than the peace of mind, I guess that when you die, that's not the end. But other than that, there's no benefit to society, no benefit to humanity, you know, but also on the same side of the coin, I think that if you were to say that um, if spirits are real, right, um, I think it would destroy a lot of people's faith yeah
1: well i mean if like, you look at the bible every other freaking word is a uh, ghost spirit or demon so it's like why is it so far-fetched to believe that these things are not just something to scare you and set you straight and and, and the, i do believe demons serve their purpose otherwise why would they exist right they are scary they do make you want to believe in good right because this thing is obviously evil and it makes you feel awful and you want to feel good you don't want to be scared so they serve a purpose you know whether it's sinister or not um It's just, you know, they exist. So why do they exist? Why are we experiencing this? Um, Right. So there's there's good and evil to both sides. And maybe there is no good. Maybe there is no evil. It's just what we're trying to figure it out. And, you know, it's just asking the questions and experiencing them, not reading them in a book, not uh, theorizing about them. It's experiencing them, capturing them. Um, So, you know, experience is better than belief. And I, I wasn't always a believer. Uh, about anything spiritual or or God or demons or angels or anything like that, I spent most of my life being mm-hmm. agnostic, just like my father. And I'm not. I'm probably the most spiritual, like uh, you know, uh, theological, religious person that's ever come you know in my bloodline now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But it's so profound. Like I was telling uh, Brian about it, like when we when we first went to Hill House a few times, I said because I told him I was like, hey, like it might take a couple of times for us to be here, right place, right time, where Toby is, you know, in the house. And he thought I was full of, and I'll be honest, like, I don't know, like full of shit is the right word, but he was like, okay, it can't be that like serious. Like there can't be something that serious that exists in, in on earth. Right. And I said, I said, I just want you to take in consideration that, that when this happens, you know, we talked about in the last podcast is that there, this reality shifting event occurs. To where it's so profound and it's so real, and you know this thing is evil, and you know that it's not a human being, that it might quite it quite literally will shift your perspective on on the entirety of existence. Yeah, for
1: me, it was like cleaning up like sin and like all these other problems I had in my life. Like I'm sober six months today. Um, you know, it's just like That's trying me. trying to perfect myself as like a like I was a good person, right? Now I want to be I want to be a great person. I just want to be the best version of myself that I can be. And really, that's all religion and spirituality is seeking to do. Either you believe, you know, in, in the archetypes of like angels, gods or demons and what they represent to make you a better person or to set you straight. Or if there's some truth to it and they actually exist. I, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to believe, but I know objectively that these things do exist on our plane of existence. So there's yeah. Jim, There's
2: too many things like, um, like we were talking about the nightmares and stuff earlier. Like, do you mind if I read you, uh, something my brother sent me that was really interesting? Yeah, go for it. So he, he, uh, he sent me a long message, um, the other day about this dream that he had. And my brother is, uh, Brian has talked to Ryan before. And my brother is a very outside the box thinker. He Mm -hmm. thinks, um, very differently from most people that I've ever met in my life. And, um, So basically he said, I I just had the most insane nightmare dream, whatever you want to call it, had to escape a dream eater that disguised itself as anyone, everyone I cared about and used. And this is a bit like frantic typing. So excuse me. Uh, And used how I was working with them, the person I knew in my dream, to learn about how effective it was at keeping me sleeping, to tear them apart and keep reforming differently as I gained awareness in the dream that I was sleeping. Until the point it had me directly on my back and it was over my face and I gained enough awareness to move my arm up an inch in real life and wake up in the exact same position it had me in on my back. I've never woken up sleeping on my back, not a day in my life. I just burned Palo Santo and I'm fucking shook. Uh, he said he had to Whoa. fight to get free from it, which exactly tethers to my position. And it felt like my eyes were a quarter open in desperation, at least the last half hour. But it didn't stop. Wild, 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 fucking scary wild. I knew I was dreaming, uh, for, but he said in its domain, and then uh, wake up and have full timeline memory of it, not just in spotty detail. And he said it was this figure with a uh, faceless figure with just a hood over its face. Whoa, that doesn't sound like a dream. Well, yeah. And it was just like, it just popped into my head when he was, he was talking about, I know I should have talked about this earlier in the podcast, but something about him saying like, these things are real and these things interact with people and that people experience them all the time. Um, and I showed him this, this picture. I said, did it look something like this? This is like an artistic rendition of like a, a mare. Okay. And he said, and he, he literally texted me, he goes, um, that's exactly what it looked like, but it had a hood. And I only saw a glimpse of his, of his lower face as a, I figured out it's disguise each time, like when he figured out his disguise, he could see like more and more of it. And he said it looked very similar to that, like this like grim, like lower jaw and teeth and like raisined face and black eyes and stuff like that. I don't know. It's terrifying.
0: Emaciated. I feel like that, that something like that is like what I've come to understand to be an elemental that it's just been here since the fricking earth has been here.
1: I've never experienced an elemental or anything that I could put a pin and be like, yep, that was an elemental hundred percent. I'd never, Mm. same thing with shadow people, you know, other than me, maybe hearing other people's stories and be like, Oh, maybe that was Russell or whoever the shadow person is is in Hill house. I, I didn't physically see it. I heard it and I felt it, you know? So it's like, it's hard. It's so hard to identify things and know for a fact that this is the classification You know, unless you get a really badass psychic or a medium with you, which, you know, you got to take whatever they say with a grain of salt, too. Yeah. What
0: what do you guys identify as an elemental then? Like, obviously, you know, you can't know what it is exactly. But like, as you understand it, what is it? It's a
1: spirit that holds reign over a specific element of the earth. Okay. Um, And that's a real broad box. You have a fire elemental... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to say that, yeah. like, oh, you know, the water ones look like dolphins, or the earth ones look like—I <laughs> like, don't, I don't know. You know, it's like—I've yeah, yeah. never, I, I, for me, I've never known or classified like, dude, that was like an elemental, that was a pixie, or that was like the king mm-hmm. of the gnomes or something. Well, there's, there's magical grimoires about like the king of the gnomes yeah, yeah. is someone you can partition to. You do the exorcism of the earth and you find your lost car keys or, you know, your lost treasure. He'll tell you where it's buried or what? where it's hidden. You know, so it's like there's the whole like magical, I don't want to say demonological, it's like spiritual realm of dealing with these elementals or elements, exorcisms of different aspects of the I, earth.
2: I do have a, a weird story if you want to hear it. I, do. About I always want to hear it. Creatures of the woods and the earth. Um, so I got one uh, after you then. <laughs> okay, so I'll make it, it's a, it's a long story, oh, but I'll shorten it up. Okay. The... Uh, So we were out, I don't know who the paranormal files are, Colin Brown. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was hanging out with them. I got to meet them and uh, hang out with them while they were filming an episode And uh, some years back. And I had to work the next day. I had to drive all the way back to Oklahoma City from from Mineral Wells. And um, I was weird. I just heard a very strange noise to my right that made me turn my head. Anyways, um, all the way back to Mineral Wells that morning. And so this is when I drove my Challenger so I didn't have an extra key. And we're up on the back of my buddy Ryan's hill, which is a story of, um, of a group of white settlers that was massacred by a, a native tribe uh, back in the day. So they're doing a video up there. And anyways, I got the—I always carried my keys around my neck on a lanyard. Always. That's the way I always keep them. Never put them in my pocket. So we're up there. We're doing the thing and blah, 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 blah. I go all the way down the hill by the time that they're done filming. And I'm like, all right, say my goodbyes. And I go to grab for my keys. My keys are gone. While we were up there filming, we had this interaction with this very strange cat. Okay. Now, my buddy's lived on that property for a few years now, and he only has two neighbors, and he's never seen that cat in his life. It was a tabby cat. It had three toes on each foot, and it was really, really, really big. Okay. Like, it was a big cat, but it was a domestic cat. Mm-hmm. And it would just follow us around. Just the whole night, it would just follow us around and it would disappear and it'd come back, disappear and come back, which is very I don't know about like wild feral cats or whatever, but I don't know their behavioral patterns. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so we're like, okay, so we're like, we gotta find our keys on this giant hill in the middle of the night. It's like three o'clock in the morning. We're like, okay, this is this is not looking good. It's my only set of keys, right? So we go up there and we're looking around, looking around, looking around everywhere that we were. And who shows up? This cat shows up randomly. And I'm so desperate at this point. I made a joke uh, earlier in the night. I said, uh, I said, I said, I said, Skinwalker, tell me your secrets. I was making <laughs> yeah. a joke about the cat being a Skinwalker. Yeah. yeah. So I'm super desperate at this point. I said, Cat, I'm making a joke to kind of like ease my pain here. And I'm like, Cat, have you seen my keys? And the cat just takes off. And intuitively, I just follow this cat. It takes me all the way up the mountain, all the way to the top of the hill, or I should call it a hill. Leads me through the trees where we were kind of putzing around, and it sits. And I swear to God on my wife's life, sitting in the other room, the keys are like two feet away from this cat.
1: You never told me that. Story Holy shit! shit.
2: <laughs> I get Dude. chills just thinking about it. Now, even weirder, it felt like the whole night that the cat was like almost like this like spirit that was like because they talk about the chief that was that that roams the property, the chief of this tribe. And, uh, Ryan, she's like, yeah, hey, maybe it's the chief checking in on us, making sure we're not meddling around in the property. Cause there's like burial sites up there and stuff like that. Right, right. And yeah. Whew. And uh, anyways, so the cat's like following us around all night. So I, so I thank the cat. I said, Holy shit. I don't know what just happened, but thank you for finding my keys. And we take off. We look behind us and the cat is following us all the way down the hill. We get around the corner, down the path. The cat's still following us. And maybe 30 seconds, I didn't look over my shoulder. We finally get to the gate where the the horse pasture is to the house. Look behind. The cat is completely gone. Never saw the cat ever again.
0: That is wild, dude.
2: So I don't know about like these like earthly spirits or like this was like a skinwalker or what, but I heard skin, I know skinwalkers are not supposed to be good. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it was like this weird, like forest spirit creature thing, cat yeah. that helped me find my keys, uh, escorted us through the whole property and just
0: disappeared and was never seen again. I don't think True it's too, too weird to think that it could have been this like native American spirit just manifesting itself to you in the form of a cat. I don't think that's that weird. That's what it seemed like, man. Know. Like I, I don't know. Like, for
1: most people. No. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, for sure. But like, I, I don't know. It'd be like, I don't know. That just doesn't seem out. If, if we're focused in this, this realm of, of thinking that, that doesn't seem that weird. You know what I mean? Like
1: I had a similar experience when, a when
0: you were there, Dylan, at Hill House with the
1: owl following us like everywhere we were. Oh, yeah. Like the, no the room and no matter what time in the house, it was just like,
3: ooh 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 Like, a,
1: like a, an owl. Just outside. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, like these walls are thick. And I'm like, is there even a tree near us? Like, it sounds like it's literally right outside. And like, we never well, saw an owl. We never heard its wing. Well, they, I mean, they're pretty silent anyway, but there was never evidence of an owl. We just heard it freaking st- almost stalking us or following us or no matter where we were, we heard this thing and it was just like, right. You couldn't pick, couldn't figure out where exactly, but it sounded like it was just outside the wall.
2: Yeah, it was hooing, and it was interesting because uh, a lot of videos that have like skinwalkers. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, before I get to this point, I want to hear your
0: story because I don't want to cut you off. Oh no, you're good. Like keep this story so you don't interrupt the flow. Oh. I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah yeah all right so uh like with skinwalkers um people do videos on like skinwalker ranch which not the actual skin if anybody if you ever watch a video that says we filmed on skinwalker ranch they're full of shit because that's a private yep. uh ranch in utah that is highly funded for extraterrestrial research and this whole thing you can but it's yeah. there's a there's a valley south of skinwalker ranch that everybody goes to that somebody owns all oh, M- these videos that they, they they hear owls hooting. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, I, In a lot of cultures, owls are a harbinger of death Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, in a place where there's so much death and so much hauntings. um, I don't know, like this owl, if this was
0: an actual owl or what, but there's um, a massive correlation between owls and UFOs as well. Yeah. There's a whole movie called like the Anunnaki like principle or
1: whatever, where they see an owl and then they get abducted. But the owl Mm -hmm. is like the first thing and the owl shape shifts into this thing that like paralyzes them and takes them up.
0: Yeah. I've not seen that movie, but I'm familiar with people recounting stories like that where they do, they will see like a white barn owl outside their window every night. And then eventually they'll realize that they have missing time or that something really strange happened to them while they were asleep or whatever. And it is, it's like a precursor to almost uh, contact with aliens essentially. And uh, mm. again, it goes back to that whole thing we were just talking about before about, you know, aliens, demons, stuff like that, you know, like the correlation, what, what sort of correlation exists there? I think that's kind of weird. Well, there's, there's, there's a lot of overlap. You gotta look at throne. Yeah. too, like the different classifications of the
1: angels like think about like uh yeah like biblical biblically accurate angels and like there's spinning Mm -hmm. discs and things like the book of enoch and the things that he saw like it sounds like a freaking ufo dude like it's this weird spinning disc in the sky that like has no Mm -hmm. form or has multiple forms and it's just unexplainable like dude that's 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 literally the tic-tac you know like literally these things that like these navy pilots are seeing and we're allowed to know about them now but maybe they've been freaking happening since the dawn of time.
0: Dude, I, th- I think they have, man. And if you have a really big interest in this, you should read a book. I have mentioned it on a couple of other episodes called American Cosmic by an author. Her name is Diana Posolka, And um, she was not that long ago on Concrete Podcast, which is now rebranded to the Danny Jones Podcast. But she had, she wrote this book and she interviews all these people. But essentially, her hypothesis is that these these communities now in modernity that um live together they they try to call on aliens they have all these practices to like interact with aliens in the sky that these UFOs are passing them knowledge all this stuff the experiences that they have and describe are eerily similar to experiences that people that had been venerated as saints in like medieval Europe discuss right not just necessarily medieval europe but like um, that's what kind of comes to mind when you think of saints like people you know back in that era right um people have been venerated as saints that these people describe having these otherworldly beings glowing bodies passing them knowledge healing them um telling them things that they have no way of knowing and that these people today similarly experience these things and that perhaps what they were experiencing 600 years ago maybe in the 16th century is this today but in a slightly different form to essentially mesh into how human beings today understand reality you know what i mean it's actually a really really cool concept and i i I think that she's really on to something um Hmm. should have her on next month um if you guys have an interest in it to to like hear about that. But I think there is, though, there's a crazy amount of overlap between all this stuff. And it always makes me think of the concept of the unified field theory, right? Like you have this unified one theory about science, like you have this one unified theory about paranormality and supernatural, that you're probably never going to ever reach that point. But that you're, in essence, talking about the same thing, no matter how how far apart you are, the delta is how far apart you are on the, the paranormal spectrum. And like you're talking about CERN before, all these things. Like, you know, science I think is is figuring out what people who are religious think in the same way that people who try to experience and do experience the paranormal are experiencing. It's just this consciousness and energy that you're all trying to figure out, except you're going down different roads heading at the same destination. Does that make sense? Oh uh,
1: totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I I I'm I mean, a CERN, believer that yeah, religion and science can meet in the middle and they should. Mhm.
2: Uh, yeah. CERN also has a statue of Shiva in their in did, the front of their
0: Have you seen that uh, that that ceremony they did where they were when they got done digging like the tunnel near CERN? It's really creepy if you've never seen it. I haven't seen it but it I heard about like a, it. it. It looks like a ritual. Um but uh anyway, yeah, dude. So the story I was going to tell you is definitely not as cool as your cat story. Um, yeah, the cat and, uh, dude. Yeah. When, um, when I was a kid, my dad, uh, his first duty station was at Langley, which is in Virginia for those who don't know. And we lived in base housing. And the housing complex that we were um, at, like, butted right up against, like, what I recall at six years old as, like, a forest. Who knows how really big it was. And um, we used to go into the forest and play pretty often. And um, for whatever reason, there's just a lot of quartz there in the, mm. that that wooded area on the ground. Yeah. And I know now that there's a, a lot of correlation with quartz and paranormal activity. Mm. Um, but we would go in there routinely and we'd always kind of find the same spot. And we would like play like fort or whatever, like, you know, like dicking around in the woods and what what, you know, six year old boys do. Right. And very often we would go back to the spot we were at. And there would just be piles of courts, like right where we had been, and we would always go back to. And it's kind of one of those things, we all go to school together, we all get home, and then kind of meet up and go off and play together at the same time. So in hindsight, thinking about it, none of us really would have had the time to go to the woods, and make piles of courts where we play. And then, you know, disappear before any of us could meet up and go play together. You know what I mean? But there would Hmm. always be these, these piles of these courts. And like, we would lean all these like branches and stuff against some of the bigger trees to like have like a hideout or whatever. And there would be like right in the middle, like kind of like the, the makeshift door we have, there would just be a a pile of courts, these court white rocks. Uh,
2: Oh, I just had a thought that popped into my head from something I was told by somebody in the past. Um, I don't know if they, I'm not a Bigfoot guy, Mm -hmm. but, um, people who have had experiences with Sasquatches, um, have said that, uh, Sasquatches will, did you ever like leave anything or like you said you built stuff, right? Like built forts and whatever. Yeah. Um, people have, have reported. And I actually know someone personally who has talked about going out in Oklahoma and leaving offerings for these Sasquatch and that in return, they would take the offerings and they would leave behind geodes.
0: Whoa. Like they were never behind. I've never thought of that. that. I've listened to like enough people talk about um, fairies that I've always kind of wondered if it was like Fae related, Um, like the whole like offering thing. Um, But Mm. I've never heard of that. That did that kind of I don't know. Maybe imagine it's like six years old dicking around the woods and then getting washed by Sasquatch. Maybe, maybe maybe it thought that you were like building stuff for it
1: and it's like, oh, cool. They believe in a form of Sasquatch too, but they understand it as an interdimensional
0: being. Mm-hmm. Zach and I talk about that all the time. We just jokingly call him interdimensional Bigfoot. But there's a lot of people in that community that do think that that's how Bigfoot gets around, essentially. Yeah. And that's how it remains un- unseen is by moving between the planes.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you look at a yeah. map, you type in
0: Google right now,
1: Bigfoot sightings. It's literally covering like every inch of the
0: United States. <laughs> so. yeah, dude, Where where I live and not that far from me in California is just overloaded with bigfoot sightings i live here oh, let's go let's make a bed
1: we'll take some
0: well, leave come out here we'll we'll yeah, do it, dude. outdoor uh, investigation yeah. man why not dude? Let's, go, let's
3: go camping whoop, whoop,
0: whoop. exactly do some tapping on the trees and shit I'm Yeah. Down. tree smacking i'm i'm definitely going with a gun but just to feel better oh, yeah. but yeah i'll definitely go do that that um, would be awesome I, I don't know if I'm, am I ready to
2: have a Bigfoot show? I don't know. I'd have to think about that. That might be, hey, that well, might be another La reality Llorona, shipping so, I
1: mean, you got to go for you other La Llorona?
2: Yeah, we, we, we did a video on La Llorona in the uh, Uvalde area, like the, the um, Frio River in Texas and a, a place that um, we w- went out to do a story on just like local legend right we had no i'll be honest like and it's fine that i can say this like we didn't have any preconceived notions that there was going to be any sort of paranormal activity that would occur in the place that we were going we're like hey this is where a local legend of a woman in white the hollering woman like Girona, has been witnessed let's go do a video on it let's see what we can find and it was i took my dog with me cuz lucy's my little ghostbuster and people don't believe me when i say this and Brian got to see it too. Um, I told him a story about when she was in Yorktown with me. But she sees and things and hears things that are not visible to us. She's mm-hmm. very good at it. And it was like f- chock full of like paranormal stuff. Like cat balls are going off. We heard like weird noises. We heard a crazy, uh, um, we heard a crazy scream in the woods. I actually,
1: have it on the on our on our yeah, shorts here. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on. Let it me sounds see like uh, they're coming after me. And then somebody splashes on yes. the water. And then after you hear this like gruff voice like a demonic voice is like with blood
0: <laughs> dude yeah, you guys are the craziest forth. shit bro. we're
1: outside and we have like uh wind cats on our microphones and we're being dead silent dude so i don't know why we pick up these voices like what what are they
0: i don't know how you guys aren't more popular you should be we're good man uh, we, YouTube just, we do it cuz
1: we love it man at uh, the end of the day if we don't ever make a dime i don't care i'm still going to do this. yeah I'm just saying, you guys have great evidence.
0: He captured a bone-chilling Sorry about the TikTok-y,
2: uh, you know, how the kids are these days. Was
0: it the spirit of Sandra letting us know what happened to her? Or was it just an animal? Let us know what you think in the comments. Let's roll the footage.
2: Can you let us know how you died, Sandra? If you actually are Sandra? Oh, God. What was that?
1: It was so loud.
2: Is that how she died, bro?
1: We're like in the middle of the woods too. I was actually like, I'm oh, like, should I charge somewhere? the rack around? No. Like, what's going on?
2: And the, and the mic had like weird interference. And then he'll turn the camera to the right, and he'll hear something. So
1: cold. Yeah, we're feeling like cold all of a an sudden. Animal. That was Lucy, dude. But I picked up on it Dude, I, I like play, looked play, in the direction. That. I knew something was like trying to like get my attention, and I got play like, that like,
0: again. Run it. Run it through I, one more time.
2: Alright, we'll have to go through the stupid uh, intro again.
0: We captured a bone. I don't ears. want to listen
2: to this again, so we'll just pause the freaking.
1: Okay. Yeah, but what's interesting is I, I go to the right because I'm like I'm feeling like something's like rushing up on me or something's like approaching me, and then I catch the voice, and then I go back to Dylan. Like I'll do that sometimes yeah. in an investigation. Us- it's weird. All right, let's let it roll here.
2: It's not how you died, Sandra. If you actually are Sandra. What was
1: that? Is that how she died, bro? I got mad tingles. Bro. Does that sound like an animal or what? No. Oh, man. Feels so cold.
2: That was not an animal. That was Lucy, dude, but. Whoa, bro. Did you hear it? It says with blood. Yeah. But it was so loud. That, it was like so that 100% loud.
0: 100% sounded like a chick screaming, running from something. Yeah. And you hear yeah, the okay. water
1: splashing after. And I can. there's yeah. nobody on the other side of that river for maybe it was like 50, 900 meters. Yeah, no, 50 to 100 miles up until the mountains and way in the background, there was nobody
2: there was There was one small like shack looking property, like eight to nine hundred meters on the other side of the ledge, but like you know, like Brian was saying, like habitable like people we were on a sixty acre plot, yeah. private cabin, yeah. sixty acres, and the people to our right there was nobody there, and the people to our left that were like twelve acres away on to our left and our right were not those cabins were not occupied
1: no no that was. Uh... Wandering around in the middle of the darkness, like at you know midnight or one in so the morning. dark, it was, yeah. It was honestly uh, that just the experience of like being out. I mean, we had we were armed and everything being smart, but that's probably the sc- scariest investigation. is just being in pitch black. What it's else did you guys darkened. capture out there? Oh, some cat ball activity. Um, it's voices, yeah, and like uh, Let's hear some voices, dude. What else? Maybe, maybe one or two spirit talkers that were kind of like interesting. Um, yeah. But we got lots of other stuff, man. I know we're about an hour and 35 minutes. I know Dylan had a bunch of like reels and like other things. Yeah, let's do it. We, could, we the, your, fire those off. Evidence, if you man. have any questions, let's do it. Um, you know, that way yeah, people do it. who are interested in us, uh, uh, we can kind of show the evidence that so we've. So I think we spoke absolutely. last time on April 28th, so
2: this one is interesting uh so this was our new portal 5 device so these are just little clips like you asked like hey why don't you guys are more popular brian gave his response but i think it's more like we 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 push like full-length videos and like paranormal investigating isn't all like fucking fireworks and you know 50 right. cals you right. know, all the time so you know we just picked little pieces of our videos that like interesting things happen so the new portal five which is just like a filter for the spirit box um, i'm filling with it and i'm trying to like fine tune it and mm-hmm. you hear this very prominent voice come through saying he- he's coming back you can hear that mm-hmm Now, I think that was the Portal Five, but I'm not entirely sure if it was the Portal Five. But it was really creepy. It's like he's coming back. I'm like, I'm like, all right, who's he? Like, what's right. what's, what's that about? Um, this was interesting. We had the uh, let me stop that. I'll pull up this one at the uh, Masonic Lodge, Masonic Temple. That way, Brian and my wife investigated. I was at work, and uh, Brian was downstairs in the basement where a lot of activity where even the the masonic brothers will not even go downstairs at night because it's really creepy and he asked like can you can you manifest as an orb or can you move a
1: chair or something like that yeah i saw him manifest and i'm like do it again and i did it again i'm like oh
0: (laughs) yeah there's your repeated experience
1: can you push one of these chairs
2: let's roll it back just a touch okay
1: moving back into the main hallway can you appear once more as an orb on my infrared Can you push one of these chairs?
2: You can literally hear the chair, like something sliding in the background. Yeah.
1: Can you appear once more as an orb on my infrared? Can you push one of these chairs?
2: Yeah. You can literally hear that. It's weird. And uh, there was a bunch of other stuff that happened. Like uh, this video... We. We, we want to be really respectful to the, to the Masonic temple and the Masonic brotherhood. And like, we don't know anything obviously. So like, we're mm-hmm. not going to touch into like, I'll, I'll briefly say that there was a lot of stuff that came through the spirit talker that we have information from our sources that are going to remain anonymous that correlate with a lot of Masonic information. Like what? I, I don't want to talk about it publicly. Oh, okay. So that's all right. Yeah. It's one of those yeah, things yeah. to where like, it's like dodgy stuff that uh we want to like keep, Keep respectful to to them. Um, stuff that we
0: even yeah. let you come in and do
2: that.
1: Then, yeah, I'm really surprised too, and the fact that you know Alice is a woman, and yeah, and uh, some of the evidence we were getting is like this is a men's house. Leave now. Kill her. Like,
0: <laughs> whoa. Like, yeah,
1: the spirits that were there, they were. I don't know. You know, they were like. Hey, so what were they hoping you guys would them. prove?
0: Huh? That there was just a- something was there. Or like
1: what? No I mean, um, the, the property's historic, right? So, you know, the, the Masons have been there since uh, the early nineteen hundreds or late eighteen hundreds and uh mm-hmm. it's been um you know several madams of you know the the prohibition area and all that uh have have lived and died in there and doctors performed experiment long before the Masons were involved, right? Um, yeah, yeah, so it has the stain as everything that could make a haunting and I can d- guarantee you it is 100% haunted by multiple spirits.
2: Yeah, it was just a, a curious twins paranormal. It does like a walking tour and like an investigation for a couple hours of the the temple and mm-hmm. Brian and my wife were like, "Hey, let's go. Let's film." And it was quiet, and not that many people around because everybody was upstairs and they just went down and they just did some hardcore investigating and like Uh, I know that I was leaving like a cliffhanger and I wasn't coming off any sort of sideways about not wanting to talk about it publicly, but it's just one of those things where like, you know, you're, you know, that's, that's a very serious thing to a lot of people and we want to make it uh, in the utmost respect for it. Um, so if you want to watch that, uh, it's in the later half of the video, you can fast forward to the downstairs portion, uh, mm-hmm. in the night vision. And there's all that stuff in there about some numbers and some words and messages that make a lot of sense to, uh,
0: Masonic brothers. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to tell, mm-hmm. I have a friend of mine who is uh, a very active Mason. I kind of want to watch that with him, just to get his his thoughts and opinions. But so you said, Brian, that the twentieth of April was the last time we were on here together. So what? Yep. It's it's a uh, it's October. What's the craziest thing you guys have captured or experienced between then and now? Mm-hmm. Man, uh, I really oh. want to.
2: I want to. I want to play him the Scream and the the manifestation in the History Museum.
1: Yeah, so you do I think that was would... Scream. Um, man, I just. Every investigation where like I get activity and it's just like it's something different or I'm encountering something I'm just grateful for that. Um, so yeah. I don't I don't like to put them in a box and be like this is like the bad the like because every spirit's different every experience is different and that that's why I keep coming back, dude, because I'm like at this different place at this you know different time right uh, a different spirit so, like, said this and I'm like well you know here we are you know and we we captured it I'm just grateful to capture anything.
0: So like what Dylan said before, though, you guys, you guys believe in ghosts, but you want other people to believe in ghosts. So you're going to show somebody the best evidence you have to get them to believe. What would be that best evidence? It would be Toby (laughs) at at, uh, at
1: Hill House, but I feel like we share that one so much. And it's just,
0: yeah, we have so much other stuff to to show,
1: you know, it's not all about just demons and and evil stuff. You know, you know, maybe whatever it is. Oh, yeah. I'm here for all of you. That's the most, because it's an audible ch- voice phenomenon, you know, the, that kind of thing. Yeah, this
2: one, yeah, this one is an audible voice phenomenon that we heard. This dude, oh, by the way, he has mm-hmm. a, uh, he does a, uh, he has a museum called the Peculiar Museum in Austin. If you're in Austin, check it out. Like, Damien is a, Fucking super awesome dude. Okay, really cool guy. If y'all are in Austin, go check him out. But we were in his museum doing this. It is haunted, very, 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 very haunted. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we captured this disembodied scream. It didn't sound so disembodied when we heard it. It sounded like a real woman. But here you go. Right. Might have
0: been that. I can't wait for you to listen back to the audio and
2: tell me. What
0: Whoa! <laughs> it's gonna have a. Re- There's gonna be a replay. Can't wait for you to listen back to the audio and tell me. Dude, his face, his reaction.
1: I'm just standing there like we heard. heard, I'm like that got to be like something outside. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, but yes, well, I did that. I did. Yes, dude, I'm getting chicken skin. Look at me. Yeah, dude, that's. (laughs) Are you coming closer to us? There was a there was a part
2: where I I said I'm getting really cold. There was this whole sequence of events that was like wild. I'd have to dig for it. It's kind of in the middle of the video, but like. There was a whole sequence of events to where I was like, I'm getting really cold right now. And the spirit talker goes, um, can I touch you? It asked me if it could touch me. And I don't know if that was that message was sent from it before or after uh, the spirit talker. But I was like super freezing. But yeah, that's like ball busting audio evidence right there. That was yeah, like absolutely. a full blown murder scream. And then we have an actual... Um, we have an actual apparition type thing. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you the story. I was with my grandfather um, at a, his, he is in the historical society of the Bentonville uh, museum, which has some great is great place for you in Bentonville. Check it out. My grandfather, you know, Ramsey Townsend's one of the curators and uh, on the board of directors and stuff. But anyways, we were, we were sitting in here and we were, my brother's right here and we find this black, Thing I don't even know what you want to call it. Just look for yourself.
0: We absolutely had to review this portion. So
2: it's going to happen fast. And okay. then, excuse the shitty you know narration AI voice, but uh, on the on the replay. But I'm going sh- to shift to my left here in a second.
3: You- it's like right here.
2: Did you exhale or... It happens really
0: Absolutely fast, so we're going to slow it down, down here for you. Of
1: this may very well be the first physical manifestation captured on film for MP Paranormal. Watch again after we hear a very chilling and disturbing sound followed by a physical manifestation that we have concluded is not Dylan's hand or any other explainable phenomena. The only way we... Whoa. I mean,
2: t- you can see the thing, dude. Yeah. Like... It's like this black
0: orb. Yeah. It, it looks, looks like, like it has like if I that's like energy, that white spot, like you know what I mean? It reminds black me of uh, you know the, the, the dude from the orc the
1: Ocarina of Time or whatever, and he's got the crook and he's like sitting and he's got a hood and he's just got like the one red eye. It's like mm-hmm. it's like the hood of like that like nice reference. shaman or like whatever. Yeah.
2: Dude, it's really strange. And my grandfather texted me something that was very, very, very interesting. Um, that I'll pull, I'll let it play one more time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'll read you his text message from what he said. But Ooh, it's just it looks wild. like an arm. Yeah, it's weird. It looks like an arm yeah, it and, looks like, like, like with an orb like- in his hand. <laughs> yeah. So there was that. That was pretty very that's interesting. Wild, and He sent me a text message that resonates uh, a lot. Um, let's see here. So he said, uh, a couple of observations I can offer. The manifestation you observe to my right seems to be coming from the area of the old trunk. That was my great grandmother's trunk, which Grandma Rita kept safe until she died. And my Grandma Rita just passed you know, a handful of months ago. This was June 22nd, and then she had passed maybe a few weeks before this. Okay. Um, the Spirit Talker said died recently, very recently. Grandma Rita passed away just three months before this video was uh, filmed. So that was her, that was her mother's trunk that was recovered off the back of a, a wagon. And then that, that, that spirit talker said died very recently. And this manifestation reaches towards my grandfather, which is her son. Whoa,
0: man. So you got, I mean, to me, I feel like you, you probably think that that was her.
2: I, I mean, conclusively, I can't say, yeah, but I yeah. mean, it just like, he, I mean, he seemed to to, to to believe that, you know, that had something to do with that old You're trunk, CY. which was sitting right to the left of, of off frame there where those dresses were. The yeah. trunk was right there next to the dresses, and that's where the arm came from. It, and it almost like reached out towards my grandfather.
0: That, whatever whatever it was, looks very dense, too like I've seen like a lot of other orbs in videos so it it almost looks translucent that didn't look translucent at all it looks very dense like that vanta black like you talked about almost is very dark
2: yeah and then we have this uh shadow figure that Brian was talking about it's kind of hard to see because he zooms in but just know that when we tell you that there was nothing in that door frame You'll there was see. nothing see, in that door frame very, yeah.
1: very obvious There's something standing in the door frame <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. Right there. I'm like leaning over, peeking like it can see me.
2: Yeah, it's like right there. That's an open doorway with a lamp by there, yeah. by the way. It's just standing there, like menacingly like SpongeBob, dude. It's just <laughs> like watching us. It is. Yeah, and we
1: were uh we were like we should get into this room because I feel like I, I think it was you or your wife said like I need to get out of this hallway, something's coming. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, no it really makes weird. sense now. I like, something was freaking coming. It was.
2: What's weird too is that I like pan the camera into this thing and it, this voice sounds like it says, just...
3: I think.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we were so blind. Oh, yeah. I almost ran of the wall. I'm like, what is this? And I asked the door. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing our best to navigate this. It's such a I have, how many square feet is it? It's absolutely crazy. Ten
2: thousand. It's right here. Wow, that's big. So when he turns around and I pan
3: pan left, I heard it. It's
2: really fast. And then, yeah, it's like portal. And I look over my shoulder to the left because uh, the more you do paranormal stuff, the more like spidey senses that you have. And I just mm-hmm. felt like something was staring at me, and I looked right at it. It's just this massive, like
0: black you, shadow, just like. Do you notice chilling. it here in this moment that you're looking at mm-hmm. that, or is this something? No, okay, we're that okay.
1: was so you you know you can see with the infrared lighting and everything, but we couldn't see. I I could barely see Dylan in front of me right there. You know. Yeah. Like absolute pitch darkness.
2: Cool. Yeah, it was super dark. It was just really weird because, like, if you watch this here in a second, like, I don't know if I'm tripping, but I might think I. S- now I watch it again. Like a, the shadow almost like appear, like in the doorway. Like I see like a black shadow, like move almost over my shoulder. Uh, I'm not entirely sure though. I have no idea, but it's it's there. It's weird. Yeah, and it's. And there's also, um, there's been stories about a, um, giant. So in that hotel, um, it's an old cowboy town, famous outlaws like Jim Miller. Um, um, uh, gosh, who's the other gentleman, the uh, Jim Miller, um, Bonnie and Clyde, uh, oh, Bonnie, uh, Bonnie, Bonnie Parker was jailed right across the street from the old park hotel. in okay. the, in in that jail, um, there are a bunch of famous outlaws, Emmanuel Manning Clemens, um, uh, Uh, John Wesley Harden, stuff like that. They all have a footprint in Ballinger, Texas. And when people have gone to the hotel, they've had this report of this (laughs) giant shadow figure comes screaming. When I say screaming, I don't mean at a pace. I mean, audibly screaming down the hallway, running at them. And it's like this six, seven foot tall shadow that screams. And I don't know, maybe that's who we captured standing in that doorway, but it was It was big enough to to be that. It filled the doorway almost. We caught a bunch of like, it was, it was literally just off. It was a different kind of haunting. It wasn't, it, it just felt like when you were navigating, like you were just going to get like jumped in the shit beat out of you. And there was just a lot of like audible noises and like footsteps in the hallways and going up and down the stairs. And, uh, we caught this voice, um, Upstairs, that It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Brian, literally, it's the most scared I I've, I've ever seen. Cat, him. You know, uh, cats,
1: like, they get scared, and they're just like, they're gone. Yeah. Do you, do you
0: jump up? Do your hairs? Here's
1: you the only raised? time dude. I've ever, other than, you know, getting uh, ghosts, ghosts uh, grabbed on my inner thigh in Hell House. It's the only time I've had to, like, run out of a space. That would but. be fucking scary, bro. I don't think so. Funny, it's weird because so, they'll show the video, but, like, I felt like something was directing an attack at me, and I felt it, like, coming at me, like somebody was... You'll see. Yeah. So we we hear this weird noise. You'll hear it. Yeah. I don't hear anything. Is the audio not playing, Don?
3: Yeah, is it not?
2: I don't think so. Uh, let me stop sharing. Let me
3: reshare screen. Can you hear it now?
1: Can you hear that? Nope.
3: Well, anyway, long really? long
1: story short, um, we hear this like whistle, or we hear this whooshing noise, like like somebody like like somebody like faking like a pistol, like a revolver shot. And I can feel it like come out of the doorway where I'm like pointing. I'm like, do you hear that? Like, because for I feel like for an hour straight, there was these footsteps and somebody just pacing back and forth. It felt really like you think something. Maybe something
0: was playing with you. Like, like got you. (laughs) Maybe
2: I'll I'll at least show you his reaction. It's pretty funny. It comes up here in a second. Yeah. I know there's no sound, but uh, at least. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we got a good camera angle of it. <laughs> i out of there. Whoa. I come back though. I come back. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, well, well that yeah. right, man? <laughs> no, uh, I felt yeah, like somebody like... was uh, somebody tried to shoot me. That was my instinct. I thought somebody was trying to shoot me. That was the message that was given to me. I felt like somebody was trying to like shoot me in my chair. <laughs> I feel like you scared Dylan more than whatever well, happened. No, he he heard it. Dylan. He <laughs> felt it. <laughs> <laughs> he felt. Yeah. It was like a directional attack, like this thing, like purposely, like, right. I have, I, I was
2: hardwired into my freaking shotgun microphone too. I had earbuds on the shotgun microphone. So you can imagine how loud I heard it. Right. Holy shit, dude.
3: That's funny. It was
2: like- yeah. Brian, well, I, it was startled the shit out of me. I'm not going to lie. Like it scared both of us. And then it just, nothing ever helps. Like when you're startled and then one person or the other, like jumps up frantically or like shits themselves. And it just, it just makes the situation <laughs> way more frantic. Right. But the difference between us and some other people is like, yeah, we can get startled or whatever, but we'll quickly compose and be like, all right, do that again. You know
0: what I mean? I don't like- see how you couldn't get startled. So hats off to you guys for real. Like that, that scream that you guys showed us. I don't know how you just said, fuck it and walked off, man. That, that was pretty terrifying. I'd have considered it. That's for sure.
1: Uh, it, 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 it to a point where we like, damn, I'm so grateful. Like I captured that because that's why we were there. You know, right. it's not yeah. like uh, it's like even even our experience with Hill House and Toby, like, you know, as scary as that was, it's like, hey, we documented it, man. That was our goal. We achieved our goal, mm-hmm. even though it was it was terrifying. It's like uh, trying to, you know, document and, you know, being a an emergency reporter or something like you keep filming, dude, like you just. Yeah. Or like a like a combat photographer. You just got to keep filming. Like your job is to document right.
2: And, you know, the more you do it, the more you can look back and say, ah, we've been through worse. Right. I mean, how are you going to get experience? Exactly. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that we do have boatloads of. I'm not taking shots at anybody. It's just that when we tell people that we have, you know, because a lot of people in the paranormal are like, well, how long have you been doing this for? Yeah. I'm like, a mm, handful of years. And they're like, you know, whatever. Is- I'm like, no, nah, you don't understand. Like you have gone through your whole career listening to audio recordings and hearing one bootstep or like whatever and being spooked about it. Like we've literally had our balls blown off by the devil Mm -hmm. and we're, you know what I mean? Like we've had these experiences on magnitude that are like hand over fist more than other people. And we know this and I can say this sound cocky, sound arrogant, whatever I'll say it publicly. We know this because people that go to Hill house and have these experiences are like freaked the fuck out. Like, Oh yeah, we're experienced 30 years of doing this and then they don't even make it through the night. You know what I mean? Like that's how we know we have like red people. Even intense even
1: Satanists, are people who were like they thought themselves to be of the dark occult. They're like we're not Satanists anymore because of how scary That'd that be- experience was with an actual See, real you- demon, like in the spaces. As you. Yeah, they're like, like we were totally wrong about tell me that. And, and what it stood for. And Dylan, they told me uh, so I don't want to steal the story. Yeah so
2: individuals well. uh, identities protected and source protected cuz you know this is private conversations um mm-hmm. they were at a they were at a specific location and they you could probably presume but these individuals were satanists or at least one of them was a satanist and they had an interaction with Toby and I feel like a lot of people that are satanists are do it to be edgy and cool it's mm-hmm. like you know like the hot topic of religion you Agreed. know and um they had an interaction with a real demonic force and they figured that that was way too fucking intense for their liking. And they had an understanding of what they were actually dabbling in. And they, they, they left the house and they took a, a holy oil and holy water and said that this is not the path for me.
0: Dude, you, I, you, for me my, my opinion on the whole Satanist thing, especially now that it's like getting a little bit more prominence for whatever reason, I agree with you, man. It's people that, I think it is just like wanting attention, or somebody that's been hurt in some way that is seeing some sort of validation. I'll tell you, right. what, I'll tell you what I think it is, Brandon. I think it's um, people don't believe in God.
1: They don't believe in spirits. They think it's stupid. They want to make fun of you for believing in in something that um, you know shepherds or farmers used to believe thousands of years ago. They think it's a fairy tale. They don't think it's real. They think that when you die, there's nothing left. So they don't believe. Mm-hmm. So they want to protest you know, the big religions, they want to protest this and the protest is with the symbol of Baphomet, with the symbol of like Satan, with the sabbatical goat. And Half of Satanists mm-hmm. don't believe that this is an actual entity that can interact with you right. in the physical world. They just get behind. It. It's about the power of symbolism and rebellion, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people think that they're doing the right thing. They think that, uh, you know, this is a just cause because we're going against tyranny. You know, Mm -hmm. which to an extent, you know, that might be true, you know. Um, But, you know, once like like Dylan said, once this person actually experienced a demonic force in the flesh and it's not a fairy tale, it's not a book, it's not an archetype, it's not something you can Mm -hmm. study and be like, well, that's cool. Like, no, this thing threatened my life and it tried to scratch me, you know. Mm -hmm. So it just it puts things into perspective like this is this isn't an idea anymore. This isn't a set of morals or beliefs to make me a better person. This is something that is actually real. This is something that exists. Yeah. And you can physically, tangibly
0: experience it, you know? No, I think that yeah. you, you said better what I was trying to say than I was going to say it. So I agree with you.
1: Oh, I'm passionate and there's, about there's, it. Man. I'm super passionate. If you can't yeah. tell, I'm passionate about it. Like, I, I I believe if you believe in something, you need to take a stand for it, you know, if that's what you believe. Mm-hmm. Like, go ahead. And.
2: And there are people that do dive in that are a real deal, right? There's people that are on the Anton Zander Leve level of Satanism, which talks about like, uh, basically it's like a, you know, organized religion you know, as Christianity or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever Catholicism would be. But then there's the deep, the deep dark of Satanism and cultism, uh, occultism in that realm of ritualism and blood sacrifice and all that stuff. And there are people that are down for that cause right. and that's, you know, that's yeah, that's very real, and those people believe that, and that's a very real thing to us. Like I said, we would never participate in a satanic ritual, but fuck me, would I like to film one and be in the room with it, just see Dude, what happens?
0: Uh, I have, uh, I've not gone looking in a while, but I will every once in a while look to find somebody who's just like gone undercover in like this this satanic church and caught something like that on video. I've never seen anything like that. I just think people are, I don't know if they're too afraid to, or like you have to build a lot of trust, kind of like trying to like be an insider with the mob, right? Like you got to do all this shit to prove that you, you mean what you're saying. Yeah. Or like filming your know?
1: Masons or anything like that. Like it's probably mm-hmm. a secret. You don't, you don't, you don't film this thing. You don't document it. You don't talk about it unless you're a part of it. Right.
2: Yeah. And if you are a part of it and you want us to film your, uh, dark rituals, uh, let us know um, if you try to, sac- you know, partake me in the ritual. I will, I will, I will fight back. I just say that Pub- <laughs> but I'm, publicly, I'm not, I, publicly. Yeah. but I think just think it'd be really interested to see that side of, of religion and, and like that side of like black magic mm-hmm. and like if wherever you can find that, I mean, I, I can't imagine what the energy feels like in there. Like what the fuck is going on in there? Like, I really want to know just out of curiosity, um, but yeah, it's.
0: Yeah. It's so weird because that that sort of belief system has injected itself into places that I would have never thought until I really started, like, you know, researching and like getting into the podcast thing. But a couple episodes ago, we talked about Jack Parsons, which I'm sure you guys are mm-hmm. familiar with Jack Parsons, you know, Malaster yes, Crowley. Bit. It's so weird, like I said, that where that occultism injects itself. It maybe is not so weird now that I say it out loud because we talked before about the overlaps between like science and spirituality, right? So Jack Parsons thought that he was being given information from the other side, but it is really weird that that tends to take a darker turn when it comes to wanting to know about rocket science, right? you are going to the darker side for that info. That seems kind of strange.
2: It's because demons, just like uh, Asmodeus, uh, if you read in his, uh, like, uh, we were dipping into the Arts Goetia, which talks about his... um, descriptions i mean he's the the all-knowing of uh astrology astronomy geometry uh mathematics all that stuff they hold these these hold these pieces of knowledge that people reach out to and they Mm want to gain because they'll give it to them i mean this shit's like for real for real bro like like i stumbled upon a website when i was searching for haunted objects to buy for our collection mm-hmm. and i stumbled upon a website that where you can pay a black magician to like do all sorts of really bad things to people including miscarriages uh stuff like that like hexes and demonic curses
1: and stuff like that from like deep ancient knowledge you don't have to go too far where can go- just go on etsy <laughs> what yeah. On etsy? Oh, yeah go on etsy and just start typing in like demons and, or demonological occult like this and that and then all of a sudden your search history mm-hmm. will be like make a pact with a demon i need your 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 name your date of birth on etsy. yeah no seriously um and then you know well, hey you're going to get rich I, you're, or you're going to have that person fall in love with you but you've made a pact with a demon and god knows uh,
0: what kind of impact that's going to have on your soul when you pass away or maybe you packed it I the literally only on like on Etsy for like old sports memorabilia i did not know that that other shit was on there
1: oh dude <laughs> etsy's weird bro you can go on etsy for almost uh, anything you know including what we're talking about so
2: Hmm. Uh, I'm looking for – I was looking for a copy of – for our museum that we want to start up. I was looking for a copy of Anton Xander Leve's The uh, Satanic Bible, mm-hmm. uh, like an old copy just to have because uh, I think it's like interesting to have all pieces of um, – This realm, Mm -hmm. and I stumbled upon a like literally like I'm on eBay right now, right? And you can, uh, you can literally like there's literally like all sorts of like um witchcraft, magic, ritual, potions, altar, Satan, Baphomet, uh, you know, Church of Satan, Baphomet flag, um, yeah, altars, real haunted hellhound, Satan statue, great power, uh, like all this stuff. But there was one specific item that I was looking for. Or this lady legitimately builds these very, very. Brian, you remember that I was showing you that? Yeah, they like almost um, like it's like
1: the Ark of the Covenant, but for demons. And it's like, how you, dude, like these like, What? They're, they're allegedly that, like, the, yeah, the spirits will speak out of these objects that she'll give to you. And it's like a conduit for, you know, it's like, dude, bro. S-
2: super serious stuff, like, um, uh, the, uh, an altar to Zarla, who is the daughter of Lilith. And, uh, into in, in Satan Satanism, uh, what's his name, Paimon, who's a very high level demon. She um she builds these altars, she prays to them, she communes with these demons, and then she sells them. To people saying, "Hey, like you know, I've I've crafted this this altar, and you know they're they're demented looking. They're, they're and I I want them one because I want to display them, and two, uh, not to practice with them, but I think they're just like w- a piece of our collection. We want to be is called the as above, so below collection. So like holy artifacts and like unholy artifacts, and that was one of the pieces that I was looking at. But they are demented looking, and you can buy them, are, and they're for one hundred and sixty
0: six dollars and sixty six cents. Of course, they are are, are you just tear like?" terrified of what you could be doing to yourself like full you know being frank right like are not you worried that you could cause yourself some sort of harm
2: no because i look i mean i know there's consequences and i say consequences with air quotes this is my personal belief and then brian can speak on his Uh, My personal belief is that, like, these items, there's people from all over the world that collect these items, right? Um, Now, some of them may hold paranormal properties. Some of them may not hold paranormal properties. But, you know, being inside of Zach Bagan's museum, I know that all that shit that he has in that museum, a lot of it has very, very, very serious paranormal energy attached to it. Like the Dybbuk box, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Peggy the doll, Jack Kevorkian's suicide uh, van, um, stuff like that. Um, the, the, the Kansas city butchers of mm-hmm. actual items and stuff like that. And, um, these people are still alive, sane and healthy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sure. Like, you know, I feel like if you take the proper steps to like cleanse yourself and, and, you know, as you leave these, these places, like you're good. Like I, 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 think, like what like, I said I've earlier. Been
1: they serve their purpose. And if that purpose is to strike mm-hmm. fear, or if that purpose is to, you know, create like despair or woe on earth. Um, my dad would always say something. He's like, you know, you can't understand the beauty of a rose if you don't know how ugly a spider is, you know, cause if everything was just right. roses and sunshine, then you wouldn't care. Right. If there was no yeah. darkness, you wouldn't, there'd be nothing to compare it to, you know, you wouldn't appreciate it. So right. Um, human beings need to struggle, you know, if we're just given everything, which we are in this society, um, and then we wonder why we're depressed. We wonder why we're not fulfilled. We wonder why we're not happy. We we don't have a spiritual relationship with our higher power or with God, whatever God is to you. Um, and that's the serious aspect of being a human being. And if you don't, if you can't appreciate it, you can't understand it, then, then what's the point of it all? And yeah. I think there is inherent risk in anything that you do, uh, spiritual, um, especially when communicating with an alleged infernal spirit, right? But it serves its purpose, right? What does it do? It strikes fear into people. Even if you were to show them this box and it's completely bogus, right? You're telling them, hey, this this thing, it's, it's this kind of demon, this is what he stands for. And people are like, oh, God, no. They'll start praying. What is it? It served its purpose. People are believing in God now. You know, they're believing in good, like fighting evil, right? So it serves mm-hmm. its purpose, you know, however you want to look at it, whether that be good or whether that be bad. That's the way I try to look at it. And uh, do, do I believe that there is... An inherent level of risk, yeah, of course, Um, but it's it's a risk that I believe some people are called to take. And I'm not saying that yeah. me and him are collecting evil items or cursed items because we're we're uh, Satanists and we we worship demons. We don't. We don't. We worship God, right? And it's important to show this to other people, right? It's like we spoke to you in the beginning. Like we want to prove to you that this is real, because we we don't. We are not doing this for fun. We're not. We're not doing this to make money. We believe this is real, and we believe that spirituality is important, and and people need to understand that, and that it's something that's it's around all of us all the time. And if we're disconnected from it, uh, which we are in society. We have all these things pulling us in every single direction to keep you distracted, to keep you from having a relationship with a higher power. It's all by design, man. So we're, we're really trying to just spread spread the message that this stuff is real and it's important. Yeah, and I think Respect a lot of people, that. yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of people you know, with what he just said will not believe us that we're not in it for money like we're not like any money that we're going to make like off of YouTube potentially or merchandise or whatever is going to go straight into
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know helping book locations and buying objects and travel. perpetuating just like travel stuff like that it's not going in our pockets like it's not for fame and fortune like like you said like we're, we're we have these objects that we want to display and want people to see because we want that people to feel their energy hear their stories um, and you know we're not zealots we're not like, you know, you know Brian was talking about like showing people this, this message in this way. It's not, it's not a mission, you know, it's not, we're not out here trying to convert you to a religion or convert you to anything. It's just like, Hey, like this stuff is real. This is the objects that we have. Like, <clears throat> you know, like when we went to paranormal fest. And we displayed our Mama Lola doll. Uh-huh. Like people were were stopping in their tracks, not even looking in the same direction as our booth. They would stop on our tr- their tracks and whip their head over to the display case where we had this this doll in. And they said, "What is that?" Uh-huh. I was saying, "This is this is a very powerful voodoo doll that we have." That, "Yeah, I can like feel that. It like drew me over here." I'm like, "Yeah, because it's real." It's a, it's a real thing. This is a very powerful doll. This thing has very powerful energy associated. like, yeah, I can tell. Or our, our Ouija board that we have that was in the film, The Attached, that was scratching and bruising this teenage girl and her mother. Like people didn't like that thing. Like they
1: felt its energy. Oh. Uh-huh. And like, you could see yeah, it. I had one man roll up and he was just like, what's this? Like, why is there a Ouija board? He was just like, he like, he like, he started to have like heart palpitations. He's like, I gotta go. He's like, I'm sorry. It's other personal. He's like, that thing's evil. And he just stormed off. We didn't see him again. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm like oh boy, here it's, we go,
2: <laughs> and it's and it's really just about like making people aware that these things are real, you know, because I think that when you talk about it in terms of we talked about possession and spirit conduiting and, um, you know spirits jumping into people and all that stuff like the more aware you are that they exist doesn't mean that you don't you don't have to go down the rabbit hole of believing everything's a ghost it's just making yourself aware to their presence and i think that makes you less susceptible to you know falling to the to the traps of of negative energy because you can identify it Mm -hmm. and the more people that we can you know believe in in the paranormal is is awesome for us because it's like i you know i'm you know possibly getting med boarded from the military and i've had all these things that are then gone on in our our brian and i's life that we feel have pulled us in this direction of like having this passion of the paranormal and just like sharing stuff with the world because it's what we deeply believe is true and real and we just want people to feel that what we feel when we realize that ghosts are real because it's a life-changing experience it's one of those things to where when you finally believe that ghosts are real because you've had that experience it 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 does a whole bunch of things and and the religious stuff aside like you like i believe so so strongly that the other side is real that if i were to die in the next six months that i'd be okay with it that i would know that it's not the end i am that i could die
1: tomorrow i'm I'm not gonna die in a plane crash you know i was traveling today and i'm like (laughs) well you know Oh, I know I'll be good. Like it's not the end. Like my, my body will go, but you know, there's a, I'm going to move on. So good old turbulence.
0: You must have had some pretty bad turbulence. If you were thinking about that.
1: Oh yeah. The flight attendants like became airborne for a split second. I was like, Oh God, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you guys hit a year.
1: I'm saying the Lord's prayer over and over, <laughs> and over and over. And I'm like, Oh God. Right. God it worked.
2: But Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just one of our things. And we just hope that, you know, people will give us a chance and watch our stuff. And like, you know, we've said before, like we're not the paranormal files. We're not twin paranormal. We have our own narrative that we have. We have our own style. We're not Hollywood. We're not Hollywood producers. We try our best to give the most credible and uh, entertaining videos that we can. Um, And we're just getting better as time goes on. But you know, we just ask that people give us a chance and know that we're not bullshitting you and we're not pulling the wool over your eyes. And we just want to share these awesome experiences that we've, we've, we've gathered and like, Hey, this is real.
1: Yeah. We're not overhyped. We're not pausing to sell you our products. We're not trying to convert you to any religion. We're just trying to share with you what we experience and we what we believe to be true and important. And we want to share that with you. That's all.
0: Yep. Well, I I think I've said it probably a hundred times to you guys either tonight and other conversations we've had, but the evidence that you guys have shown me and the stuff that I've seen from what you guys put up on YouTube and Instagram is all pretty astounding evidence. And as I've said before, it is some of the best evidence I've ever seen. And I think that you guys do a really, really good job of exhibiting how real this is from a very objective standpoint. And you let people come to those conclusions because you're just trying to help them down that path. And I think that's very evident in just what you guys do and how you do it. And um, I think you guys do a really, really good job of that.
2: Thanks, man. Yeah, we, we definitely we definitely try our best. We don't like I said, like, it's not about fame. It's not fortune. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about any of that. Like, hey, if you see if you see some ads on our YouTube channel, it's not because we're trying to make a million dollars. It's just that we're trying to help ourselves out, film more videos, get Absolutely. more objects, go more places like that's the objective. Right. Right? Like I want to we be just, able we just to afford a trip
1: to Sally House and not like uh, have to take out a second mortgage.
0: If, if that, hap- yeah. if that happens, I'm totally going to Atchison with you guys. That has been like That's a, I actually just had a buddy
2: Yeah. I just had a buddy that was at Sally house. Uh, Tuck. He's one of the lone wolves of Hill house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he said it was a, uh, he gives like a, a spooky factor for all of the, um, all the places and he gives Hill house an 11 and he gives Sally house a strong nine. Wow. Yep. And he's a, uh, he is a, stalwart man when it comes to the paranormal like toby could show up and like punch him in the face he'd be like huh what else do you
0: got and he's one of those guys good for him man yeah and he's calling it a nine yeah right if he exactly if he's calling that a nine and then i definitely have to go to hill house with you guys i it's i hate how expensive it is to travel and do shit because i do i really want to go and do this stuff with you because
1: we gotta, I we believe, gotta hunt too,
0: Bigfoot too. we gotta come down to you dude Yes, if I come visit you guys, you got to come visit me and we'll go to the Redwoods and we'll do some tapping and uh, set some quartz piles up and shit to see what happens. Done. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, MP Paranormal, you guys are amazing. So will definitely not be the last time we have you guys on. Um, obviously, I think it's very easy to find value in what you guys do. So for you listening, I just want to say up front again, if you listen to this episode audio only, please go watch it and go look at the evidence that these guys have out there and go check out their social media, go check out their YouTube, look at what they have. It's pretty remarkable stuff. Um, give them a follow, subscribe, um, you know, check us out, give us a follow, subscribe as well. Um, but you guys, dude, thank you so much for coming on and showing what you guys have. It's it's never a dull moment with you two. Thanks, Brandon.
2: We appreciate that, brother. Yeah. Thanks for having us on Absolutely. again.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll link. I'll link you guys as a page and uh, wherever we drop Spotify, YouTube, Apple, and Google, so you, uh, people listening can go find you guys as well. So, um, sweet great man, paid. appreciate it absolutely. What's going on, Fire Fans? I came with Fire Podcast is sponsored by Red Clover Coffee and Sheep's Clothing LLC. Red Clover Coffee is a veteran known company with small batch roasted coffees, and they just happen to donate to some pretty awesome charities. Whether you're into specialty-flavored coffees, single-source coffees, or having a really cool coffee mug and some badass slaps, Red Clover has you covered. You can order ground, whole bean, or even coffee pods and get it all at 10% off your entire purchase using coupon code fire. Again, that's 10% off your entire purchase using our coupon code with Fire. I personally love their Blueberry Invasion and African Roast. That Blueberry Invasion hits the spot. Head over and get yourself some awesome coffee and support us by supporting our sponsor. I Came With Fire podcast is also sponsored by Sheep's Clothing, LLC. Sheep's Clothing, LLC is a unifying banner for all violent arts, disciplines, professions, and survivors of violent circumstances. Redefine Violence. Both Zach and I being survivors of violent circumstances and LEOs in the military, we are especially excited to be able to offer you 10% off your entire purchase with coupon code FIRE10 at checkout. Whether you're looking for an awesome t-shirt, hats, slaps, flags, or MMA gear, they've got you covered. Me personally, I love my snapback with the leather patch surrounded by God's flannel. If you know, you know. That's coupon code fire 10 F I R E 10 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. Thank you all so much for supporting this podcast. And if you should feel compelled, treat yourself by supporting our sponsors as well. They truly make a difference for us. Now let's make a difference for them. See you on the next show.